Boom. We go in. It's going. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds cool too, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's cool. Hmm. What are you thinking? What's going on in life right now? I mean, life's going. Got the three C's. Got the and three then some. C's. <laughs> <laughs> Just life hitting me. <laughs> hitting me hard. Yeah. We're getting through it though. I mean, I mean, like I'm back in public, so that's nice. Mm-hmm. And summer classes are, I think, going to be pretty fun. This first one, at least. How many classes are you doing? I'm taking one now, and then I have another one starting mid-June. Mm. And that was like the shorter one. The yeah, this one's one, right? mycology. The second one is physics. Physics is two months. That's a short time to fit physics in. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not excited for that one. Mycology? Heck yeah. Physics? Mm-mm. <laughs> Don't pay attention over here. I'm okay. just adjusting things. Looking. Like, it's not a big deal. Okay. You do you. Yeah. <laughs> but I think mycology would be fun. I'm excited. What's mycology exactly? Study of fungi. And I'm pretty stoked. Isn't it fungi? Fungi? Fungi. fungi? We had a whole discussion about it in class yesterday. Fungi is correct. Really? I used to say fungi. I watched, like, I've listened to a couple of podcasts and stuff. And one of them was like, it doesn't actually matter. You can say either one. But yesterday, she was very adamant. The fungi. teacher was? Yeah. <laughs> fungi. Yeah. But I'm pretty excited about that one. Hmm. I have tons of ideas. I don't know it. which one. Okay, so we watched a video. I don't think the video needs context, but I took a lot from it. What did you take from it? I want you to start. I mean, I think a lot of it was about, you know, like raising your kids to be independent or motivated on their own. And like this man who's obviously very passionate and motivated himself and like is working out and is, you know, working to make his life better, but his kids aren't necessarily. And just like how there's kind of a gap between this man who's obviously doing well for himself or trying to do well for himself. And then just like the failure to pass that on to his kids. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of what I took out of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a thought I've been having a lot lately, which Mm -hmm. is like the right of amount of like deprivation Mm -hmm. to teach people. Yeah. If that makes sense. Because I mean, the lady said it really good. I wrote it down. A spoiled child is not monetary they're either given or fixed for right so it doesn't have to be a lot of money that helps to be provided for but that was interesting because there's a certain amount where you want to deprive from your kids yeah i mean you have to teach them to do things themselves Mm -hmm. otherwise they never will yeah yeah and i wanted to ask this to one of my christian friends from a biblical Mm -hmm. idea with i i hope i don't have the person wrong with moses wandering through the desert Because if I have it right, they were doing that for 40 years. Mm -hmm. And that's at least three generations. Yeah. Four decades. You have people Mm -hmm. coming in. Mm -hmm. So my thought was, and I was going to ask her if this is like found in the story, but like the kids that were born and then were around teenage years, right as they came out of the desert, what, what was their mentality? like compared to the kids when they just got into the desert Mm. because you see like they would they saw the reasoning because they were running from tyranny right but then when you're born and especially 30 to 40 years later Mm -hmm. into something there's more separation from that yeah right and like comparing that the dad had a lot of struggle Mm -hmm. like his mommy said died at 16 and then probably other things that happened as he grew up and tried to keep working at things mm-hmm. and you don't you there's no way to get that as a kid yeah just because you're born late 
comparatively, you know? So it's like properly teaching that into a kid Mm -hmm. instead of like a hardship causing it. Yeah. 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 Cause life's going to do that by default. Mm -hmm. But then if you as a parent can do that, I don't know, to a certain degree of structure right? where like encouraging your kid to learn these things on their own. But how do you do that without like he was talking about like forcing these things on his kids and he didn't want to do that, but they're also not being receptive. Mm -hmm. So finding like the balance between forcing it, but also or like not forcing it, but still having it actually instilled. And I really like that video because he like most would stop at the, I'm going to force him to do this. Like a lot of parents would, I feel like, Mm -hmm. but he was smart enough to take it to the next level of like, I'm not going to force him because that's going to bite me in the back. Like he, the more you push something, the less people want to do it. Yeah. 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 And he like intuitively understood that, which helped us like, I think in the video get to the next level. And for me, when I was like three minutes in, I thought it was going to be like a resolution needed with the wife. I did too. He had a lot to talk about. Mm-hmm. There was a lot going on. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the wife was sabotaging her, him. And I don't, but like, that wasn't the conclusion they came to at the end, which mm-hmm. was cool. It circled back to it's your fault. Yeah. Which it I love. It was really interesting because it started like he was upset with his wife. And then at the end, the wife's telling him, yo, dude, mm-hmm. don't clean the bathroom. Just like, <laughs> let's go hang out. Yeah. No, it was definitely interesting. And I, I'd be curious to hear the wife's perspective because, again, at the beginning, he was very, you know, upset with the wife. But that's very one-sided. And mm-hmm. in my opinion, things are never quite that one-sided. Like, there's always something going on on the other person's side. And so I think it would have been interesting to, like, hear the wife's perspective. And somewhere in the video, they talk about how one of the kids had an internship opportunity. And he was mad because the wife told the kid no. But I'd be curious to hear why. Why, why did said, the wife say that? Because, yeah. like, obviously the wife wants the best for the kids. Like, mm-hmm. you know, parents want the best for their kids. So I'd be curious to hear why she said no or why mm-hmm. she said not go for it instead of just the like hard she said no and she didn't come talk to me about it. Like mm-hmm. I'm sure she had her reasons too. Yeah. And like two minutes into the video, he says it's my fault because I'm doing all these things for him. Mm-hmm. And it, like they just don't pick it up because they don't have all the context. But then they finally circle back yeah. to that. Like, dude, you're what is it? You're giving them too much almost almost yeah you're making I mean, it too easy for them he's not making them do anything yeah like he works he cooks he cleans mm-hmm. like he, yeah he's really not making them do anything for themselves yeah what would you do in that whole situation if i was the dad is that what you mean how would you want it set up so f- just from all angles i mean the dad needs to stop cleaning the bathroom mm-hmm. but I mean, I think for the 19-year-old, it's pretty late in life to learn to clean a bathroom. Mm. Like, in my opinion, that should definitely happen younger. I think responsibility should start being given to people, maybe, like, middle school, early high school. Like, people should definitely start learning to clean bathrooms and, like, cooking for themselves. Like, I started cooking for myself June, no, early senior year, because I went vegetarian, and so I had to. (laughs) And I, like, kind of wish it had happened before that, like... Cause that was very sudden. I was like, Oh wow. I can't eat anything. Guess I got to learn to cook for myself. Um, but I think it should definitely happen before then. And that's, I mean, cause then you can like walk your kids through it and then you can actually teach them to like clean a bathroom instead of them being 19 and you being like, crap, they don't know how to clean a bathroom <laughs> and they like, aren't going to do it if I don't do it. So I think like, that's a little too late. Their nine year old has hope, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, to turn around. But I think the older kids, it's too, mm-hmm. not like too late, but they should have started earlier. It's a weird feeling because the feeling of 
I wish I was taught this sooner. Mm-hmm. Once you learn it. Yeah. It's a, that's a weird feeling, right? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. it's like, I wish I was given responsibility earlier. Right. Yeah. I mean, know? my parents and I have talked about this. Like, they didn't really teach me to clean. I kind of just did it on my own. But like, they didn't sit me down and be like, hey, Chelsea, this is how you clean a bathroom. Mm-hmm. And like, my parents moved. So we were like deep cleaning. And I was like, mom, I don't know how to do this. And <laughs> she was like, man, I really should have taught you how to do that a long time ago. Yeah. But like we both look back and know that like my parents look back and know that too it's not just like me who realizes that which is i don't know it was interesting mm-hmm. i think a difference is i don't know if my parents have realized that for me yeah yeah i don't think they have for my little sister hmm. but she still lives at home so they like she hasn't had to go on her lo- own and like mm-hmm. learn those things yet Whereas, like, I moved out and i had to figure those things out and now i go back and they're like oh <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, you have two younger brothers, too. Mm-hmm. Do you think that they're teaching them those kind of things or not? It's really complicated because I feel like my brothers are doing really good for their age. Mm-hmm. But there's something I've been trying to distill from my parents' parenting that was like, what, like, me and my brothers are all very different, mm-hmm. but we all have this, like, I don't know, like, pretty solid independence Mm -hmm. with us. And I don't know like where that came from. Yeah. Like my dad's pretty disagreeable and drives independence from that. Like you Mm -hmm. from disagreeability and guys tend to be more disagreeable. Right. So it it could be partly from that. I don't know. I'm I'm still trying to figure that out because I think that's a really good trait of Mm -hmm. like, like (laughs) there's a really good side to the fuck you mentality. Yeah. Of like, I'm going to do what I want. And especially mm-hmm. when it's your own path, that's like good. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that's, there's utility to that. There's the bad part where you say, fuck you to the good things. Yep. <laughs> so everything has a balance to right. them. But, but being able to take care of yourself is like definitely important. Yeah. Being able to have the drive to do what you want mm-hmm. without somebody like pushing you to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And, but I wish I was taught all the things I know now, like just general home economics almost mm-hmm. Yeah. earlier. Right. And I don't think my brothers are being taught that, but at the same time, just because it's context dependent, there's a lot of other things hitting our family right now Yeah, that they're already getting a different form of education with some things that are going on right now. Yeah. If that's very vague. It is, but that's, that's okay. But, um, yeah. I mean, even like my family, my sisters and I are all very different, like... I'm pretty independent and my older sister is independent in the way that she says fuck you but not necessarily in the way that she has the motivation to do it herself Mm -hmm. and my little sister is very dependent and I'm I mean I'm pretty independent but I definitely still like need my parents for things Mm -hmm. so it's kind of it's interesting how old your older sister Uh, my older sister is 22 okay Mm -hmm. well she's my age Mm -hmm. oh that's wild (laughs) (laughs) a little bit (laughs) and then yeah my younger sister is she just turned 17 Hmm. she's like an old man (laughs) in my mind she's not 17 is she going to school she's in high school like after high school is she gonna go to college that's what i meant she declared very firmly the other day that she is not going to college and my parents said we'll talk about this later (laughs) but she was very firm in it but she's, you know, she's talked about going to school and like she used to want to go into the medical field somewhere, which is a lot of school. And so that I'm not going to school was, you know, pretty harsh turnaround from like, I'm going to need eight years of school. Yeah. Like, so 
I always saw her going to a community college and getting a two-year, but we, we shall see. I First thing that came to mind is, like, in general, I feel like a lot of our authorities have abused their power to the sense that sometimes it's hard to recommend what used to be traditional. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> that makes it then tough because what's nice about tradition is it gives you like a good rule book. Yeah. There's something to follow. A path yeah. To go on. Yeah. But when the preachers of the rule book have screwed over the power, it's, I think it's really detrimental to us right now. And I think we're in like the, I don't know where we're in it right now. It's, it's easier to say when you're out of it, yeah. but we're somewhere in it. You know, I don't know if we're at the start or at the end or if this has peaked. Mm-hmm. And it's so multifaceted that what worries me is that it hits in multiple domains so hard that you can't recover. Yeah. And I know that's vague as well, but like different authority figures like our different health systems, the college Mm -hmm. system, the governmental system, all of those things in different ways and connected ways have abused their power. Mm Mm-hmm. And we need those things, you know, yeah. that's the tough thing is like, we want, I want them around and it was, it's better when they're fully functioning. And right now they're not fully functioning yeah. mm-hmm. and they're so big that it's not a, you can solve one of them if you really work diligently in a, like a month. Like right. it's a very, yeah. s- like it, our problems are deeper and long term. Yeah. 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 Like I, I heard earlier today, it's like the process of going to hell was very slow and the process of getting out is going to be very slow Yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it took us a while to get to where we are Yeah. and undoing what we've done. It's going to be pretty tricky. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to undo too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the worry there is like, let's start trying to double back. Mm-hmm. And the, the worry is multiple things crash before we can double back, you know? Yeah. And I, and it's so, and I don't like thinking down this line because I'm not one to think in big group general generalities. I think you do need to sometimes, but like the way I'm wired and stuff like that is to put it on the individual. Yeah. And so it's like, what can we do? And those structures are so big. There's a disconnect there of like what to do from like, Like from an individual, from an individual impact on such a big yeah what do you think is what powers do you think have abused their power and leadership i mean most of them okay (laughs) i mean yeah Mm. this is another thing Mm. i think most people agree on this but i think then there's disagreement on what is actually the problem and that that may be where a first tackle is to actually get a consensus of what, who, who's the enemy, what, what's the problem we can band together and then fight for, yeah. because those benefiting from such a bad system want us to focus against each other because then we right. don't focus at them, right. and then nothing gets solved because we're just fighting each other, right. and so then banding together to identify 
the target yeah and then presume yeah Mm -hmm. but then that means we have to have a consensus between each other which would actually give a little bit more agency to the individual Mm -hmm. which is like you actually know who you're going against yeah what you're actually trying to fight within your friend group and then within your um familial level Mm -hmm. get that settled first and then from there branch out you know Mm -hmm. that gives a little bit more tack let's all get on the same page there's more agency there Mm -hmm. united group you know, they're going to have an easier job tackling something big than just one person mm-hmm. with everybody else fighting different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know where that leads <laughs> us, you know? I mean, in my opinion, I think a lot of the problems come from very wealthy folks with lots of power who can use their money to buy other folks or to, you know, you know, buy their influence and buy their power instead of actually like, listening to people or you know like people supporting them based on their ideas and things like not just based on money i think money has a lot of power in our world and that puts people into power who shouldn't necessarily be there and like that money drives what they work for and who they work for and the like problems that they're fighting against or how they're working on fixing those problems like where the money is is where those people are going to spend their time and put their effort like whatever people are paying them to do is what they're going to do and so I think that, from my perspective, money kind of has too much power over that. Like, the, what actually needs to be fixed isn't always actually what's fixed. Hmm. So then, do you have a solution to that? I mean, listen more to the people, but that's such, like, mm-hmm. a broad statement. Like, how do you actually get that to happen? Mm-hmm. I think there's a big problem that money is not circulating enough, mm-hmm. just in general. Yeah. I think there's pooling at the top. Mm-hmm how to fix that is not clear to me right now i don't think exactly taxation's right i don't think i have like um an instinct towards like philanthropy incentivization but yeah how do you actually get that to happen yeah yeah and i don't think money's bad inherently no it's just how you use it right yeah so and that's it's like, wh- how do you tackle that, you know? Especially when the people ha- that have the money are the ones you're trying to, like, mm-hmm. like those are the people with power. Mm-hmm. So how do you well, there's a that? there's a chain between them and then Congress, and then mm-hmm. that's how, where the regulations are. Right. And so there's a problem there. I wonder if, like, an uh, you can undercut that by working your way through the state's levels. And trying to yeah. purify those. Turn it more back towards yeah. like smaller. Which would be closer mm-hmm. to your scope of practice than big government. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. But that's still pretty far reaching. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think also just like truth in general has been abused. Yeah. Yeah. Where things that are either inaccurate or not solved yet are shown mm-hmm. improperly. Right. And then people just do with that what they And then we do. Mm-hmm. go with that. And I mean, this is why we don't have a person spend fractions of their day in each sector of all of our businesses. Mm-hmm. We have devised in a way where a, a group of people 
take on those different domains of efforts to then connect to the other people. And there's a trust between those that there's no tomfoolery between right, the two. Right. So that because things are too complicated for you to do your eight hour shift of nursing mm-hmm. to then go and work on the plans to become an architect, you right, know, yeah. like we have devised labor in this mm-hmm, way. And mm-hmm. that's where the trust comes in. Yeah. And then when people have abused that trust and have, it's like, what, it's like, what do you do? Yeah. You know, because then it's left to the individual. Mm-hmm. It's left to the individual. And I keep coming to the truth and yeah. figure out what's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I keep circling back to that. And I don't know. I think like these things, this is why I like this kind of stuff is yeah. talking about it. Mm-hmm. We'll do something. I feel like we're too airy right now. <laughs> like we're too in the pie in the sky. Yeah. You know, and I, I think it's partly because there's so many things you, we could hit on, but then also they're all so charged right. that hitting on them is, um, and we have a, I think we both have like a casual idea of what's the problem. We don't have a, a very, yeah, it's not specific. Yeah. And like how do you fix something so broad and vague? Mm-hmm. Like you can't really. Yeah. I think the better effort maybe would be how do we set up proper families? Because that's been on my mind. Yeah, yeah. The like dynamics between males and females. Mm -hmm. And then because from that, for most people, the goal is to then have a family. Right. At least you would hope that's everybody's (laughs) minds. You know, I'd be very concerned if that wasn't primary. I I think the two people in a relationship really need to agree with how they're going to raise a family. Because if each parent is coming from very different directions, then, you know, that's very conflicting for the child and they're not really going to know and they're, you know, getting two very different sides of things. But I think that comes from, you know, more open communication within a relationship. And I think our society needs to do a better job of encouraging, like, healthy relationships that have good communication and talk things through. Because I think, I don't know, my parents aren't super great at communication. Like, something happens, my mom gets passive-aggressive, my dad maybe apologizes, and then two days later it's gone. Which, like, works for them. Mm -hmm. But, like, it doesn't really, it didn't really teach me healthy communication, like at all and so I think you know we just need to encourage and like teach kids to have healthy communications and talk things through but that comes from the parents which comes from the parents so it's very it's a big cycle yeah what I think is interesting about it is it's it's a time where we don't need diversity because you don't want to be diverse in a in a two position um, decision making you want to be homogenous to a certain extent you know Mm -hmm. which means and these words get bad raps but you need to be discriminatory right towards like each other's ideas towards the person you're with okay yeah you want someone who's on the same level yeah yeah Mm -hmm. which that word is used overly so in a negative context but to a certain extent we do need to discriminate i mean you do that every day when you wake up and you say I'm going to go to the pool instead of the gym. Like yeah. that's a discrimination. Yeah. Right you there. have to choose and you have to yeah. like know what your values are and pick for those, mm-hmm. which would mean not choosing others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which means there are losers, you know, right. there's people you don't choose. Yeah. 
And I, yeah, there's some people that don't own up to that. I feel like, and I hope that that's a very small minority, you know, yeah. where you have to understand that there is a, there judgments have to be made. Yeah. And that's in the metaphorical sense of a sword. It's very brutal because mm-hmm. a, a sword decides where the split is, yeah. you know? And I think if more people, for one, knew how to sharpen their sword, mm-hmm. but then also knew how to wield their sword. Yeah. And right now we're talking about like choosing people, but in, that works in many different yeah. forms. I mean, you don't just choose like a partner, you choose friends, you choose a job, mm-hmm. you choose who you're working. Yeah. You yeah. choose all kinds of people. Yeah. And that choosing is wielding that sword, you know, mm-hmm. people use like the door thing, but it's no, you're literally cutting things yeah. and destroying and creating. Right. At you're the same choosing time. which relationships to foster. And mm-hmm. then by doing so, you're choosing which ones not to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I don't know, there's not a lot of serious thought paid to that, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I think that's partly on the I think it all I think like when we were originally talking, it all goes back to education. I think that's a big issue. And I think there needs to be a organized attack on the school systems to make them better. Yeah. But then also almost an organized, and when I say attack, just um, attention put on familial structures as well. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of what a kid takes is from their family. Like school, you know, can teach values and things like that. But you learn a lot from your family because that's who you spend the most time with. Mm -hmm. And if your parents aren't teaching you things, whether that be chores, whether that be communication skills, I mean, then you're sent off into the world without those things. And you're just kind of supposed to find them on your own mm-hmm. or just not like the kids in the story. They might not clean their bathroom. They might clean it like once every two months. And, you know, their parents, if they had taught them that at a younger age, maybe they'd clean their bathroom every week, you know. How do you translate stuff like that to your life of almost having a second family? Because you had those neighbors. Yeah, I kind of was odd. (laughs) (laughs) When I was younger, I spent a lot of time with my neighbors. And then in high school, I lived at my high school. Like band was my life. And so I don't, I got a lot out of those other relationships where like my family didn't necessarily teach me communication and didn't necessarily teach me responsibility. I, again, found those things on my own. And I think a lot of that did, I mean, I learned being social from the family, but I learned responsibility and communication and band. Like I literally, I had zero hours and I had concerts and rehearsals like every night. Like I was not home much. Mm -hmm. Um, And you know, in band, like, I think that's where I learned a lot of things. Um, but you have to bring in your part ready. Otherwise you're bringing the whole band down. And that taught me that I have to have my shit together. Like if I'm a mess, then it looks bad on everyone. Like the audience doesn't hear, man, that one bassoonist sucks. They just be like, oh, they're really out of tune. <laughs> like, so that teaches you responsibility. And I mean, that motivated me to do better. Like, cause I wanted to sound good. I wanted to bring the band up. I wanted, you know, and I love my band director, but I wanted him to like me. Like I cared a lot about what he thought. And so like that taught me motivation and responsibility. Whereas my parents didn't necessarily teach me those things. They wanted me to do well, but it wasn't necessarily like a sit down like Chelsea, you need to do this. Do you think if things were set up more properly that 
responsibility from school would should come secondarily and that responsibility would be first fed from the family i mean like if things were well done and yeah they never are but it's good to have something yeah a goal to shoot for right right i mean i think it definitely should come from multiple areas in like people's lives like my sisters aren't super motivated or responsible um my older sister's gotten better about it now that she lives on her own but um i think they could have definitely used from learning it from my parents and they didn't really um and so yeah for people who aren't like super involved in school or things where their home life is more of like an active part of their life then i mean yeah they need to learn it at home or otherwise they're gonna have to teach themselves or they're not going to mm-hmm. yeah because the school thing is and it depends on each school but it's kind of opt-in yeah like you opted in the band, band. and then re- you took on responsibility mm-hmm. it wasn't the other way around and so maybe it's more foolproof for more situations right. to have. I mean, like it come from the family has a first. Family life of some sort, no matter what it looks like for them, they have a home life, whether that be with people who are biologically their parents or not. Like they still have a home life. There's still people around them. Everybody has that. Not everybody has band. Not everybody has sports. So yeah, like if it was more, everybody had like a decent home life that was going to teach them those things. Then it would apply to a lot more people. Mm-hmm. And you would hope that, that the, the small percentage would then get it from school when their home life is a wreck, you yeah, know? Yeah, right. But you would hope that the majority of people have that home life set up properly where they're getting it from their parents mm-hmm. and then from the school and then maybe society after that, I right. think might come yeah, tertiary. Like the real world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, like, because I, I had a similar thing where go to school and then I mean my band was during the day Mm -hmm. and then I took jazz band afterwards but that was once a week so it wasn't big and then like sports after that was Mm -hmm. for me you know and I mean you get done by depending on the practice length 637 back home eat homework bed right so it was like the same thing you know yeah so maybe that it works if you're the type of person to opt into that right but then not everybody does. And I think the only other supplement to that is then a job. Yeah. I think, Mm -hmm. I think getting a job from a young age, you learn responsibility and you have to show up on time and you're making your own money to make your own decisions with. Mm -hmm. And like at a job, you have expectations. Like if you don't do them, you're gonna get fired. Yeah. And I think that teaches a younger person a lot too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where, cause I think that job is more like society then it's that Mm -hmm. tertiary third thing yeah where you didn't maybe the uh, may, there's always some influence but maybe like the family wasn't quite there school's not quite there for you mm-hmm. then you have job right you know there's another chance and for then you it's like boom 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 mm-hmm. and if you can't find something in one of those three then there's other worries i think at play you <laughs> yeah. know if you can't wind up in one of those three areas then i think your development needs a little bit of a maybe an assessment to say the very least right. you know mm-hmm. um yeah. And so then that puts like, I think it's, it puts a lot of emphasis and some would say like blame on the family. Yeah. But I think that's what you want, right? Mm-hmm. Because you want, you want parents like to do a good why, job. yeah. Why do you want, um, to have a family and not then have control, you know? Right. 
why why make a kid and then raise them poorly and then not or just not hands off almost to the sense that like the school has to Mm -hmm. or society has to which you hope it's society from the angle of a job and not from the angle of prison yeah you know Mm -hmm. and I think as you go out through that hierarchy if you will the likelihood that things straighten out properly is lower every time right because yeah i mean it's usually later in life and you never know where Mm -hmm. someone's gonna end up working yeah yeah Mm -hmm. i think people really need to think through whether they're ready to be parents before deciding to have kids because sure like having a baby sounds great but that's like 18 years plus stuff like you know but like 18 years of them living with you and you teaching them morals and values and things. And it's not easy. And like people really need to think through mm-hmm. how they're hoping to parent their kids and what they're going to try to teach their kids and, you know, good habits and things to instill in their kids. But I don't know if a lot of people really, really think that through before they have kids. Mm-hmm. And like if you're not really ready to have kids, then how are you supposed to like actually raise them correctly? Mm-hmm. Your fourth C? C section. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> Very wrong. <laughs> I will take, I'll take a quick rest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I was a C section. There it is. You C. were? Yeah. But oh. that's it. No more C section. <laughs> 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 Mm-mm. Another thing they touched on that that I thought was interesting was the balance between your own ambition and your loved ones, mm. which is like how, because for him, obviously he was fulfilled in everything he's doing, yeah. which was at a high level of functioning, it right. seemed like. Mm-hmm. B- and But then when you go to, <laughs> there's a line I saw somewhere that somebody was talking to the mere mortals <laughs> of like normal people. Yeah. When, like, one of them is your nine-year-old, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's also dependent on, like, whether they should be at that level or not, or yeah. they chose that they don't want to be. And I think that also just goes on to, like, the idea in general that more people just have to be okay with people not in their inner circle, but outer circle doing things that they don't approve of, but are still within the scope of it's not harming others, so let's just yeah. let them do mm-hmm. it. You know, and then I think that's why it's tricky with like what's currently going on with like the abortion discussion, Mm -hmm. because some people would define it as harming others. Right. And then others would describe it as not being able to do it, harming themselves, Mm -hmm. which would still be harming another. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why that issue is particularly tricky. Right. You know, because, yeah, you if on other arguments you're telling people to just kind of stay in their own lane, do what affects you, like, if you don't necessarily like what other people doing are, but it's not hurting other people, leave it alone. People do take abortion as hurting other people, whether it be one way or the other. Mm-hmm. But, so yeah, it's really hard to come up mm-hmm. to a consensus when it does impact other people. Yeah, which is why I think it has to be a state's issue. Yeah. Yeah, personally. Mm-hmm. For one, like, it's just from a legal perspective, Roe v. Wade is unconstitutional, mm. you know leave that as it is and then that overturning it would just leave it up to the state's issue and then 
it's a it's a it's 50 different decisions on how to deal with it yeah you know and that's what's like broad strokes cool about the in general like state system is we have 50 different test models yeah technically mm-hmm. so there's going to be a lot of similarities you know right yeah yeah I mean, <laughs> we've talked about this yeah i think if you left it up to the states there'd be a lot of people who are going to get screwed and i just i personally i don't know think that helping others is really important and if we have the ability to help those people and not just be like well it's up to their state and just kind of let the like I don't like the idea of just like letting those people be screwed. Mm-hmm. And I personally don't feel like that's the correct way to go about it just because there's so many people who are just, you know, like their lives are going to be changed forever. Like, I don't know. I think it just leaves a lot of people out and lets them get hurt. Mm-hmm. I think defining it is crucial in this and I'm, gonna be from now on speaking in the broad generality Mm -hmm. and not on the occasion of a um complication that the mother or baby might die or that it was a case of rape yeah so just in general the person did make a decision you know Mm -hmm. and they took that agency and this is what they found yeah i think if like and that's like if i was to speak one-on-one with somebody I wouldn't dog on them if they chose either way, Mm -hmm. just to be clear. But then at the same time, if I look at it and how reality is going to play out, there's still going to be mail-ordered pills. There's still going to be traveling done. There's still going to be other methods, Mm -hmm. even if you're in a state that does not allow it. Yeah. So I take that into account, I guess. Yeah. But then it costs more and then it can be done unsafely or these people can get hurt. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. That to me doesn't feel right. Like, yes, these people made a decision. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, sexual education and birth control and things like that need to be more accessible and more encouraged. Um, so that way that decision can be made in an informed way. Mm-hmm. Um, but like these people are still going to be getting abortions. And there's just a greater risk for them to get hurt doing so and that doesn't necessarily feel right to me either yeah well like it's easy to like say it's not right yeah because but like reality itself is not right yeah so it's it's a to me a soft argument and i i don't want to discredit sticking up for people yeah but I think that's why partially that side of the table is losing right now is because it's done from a very soft argument stance. I think, and this is where like now we're into something kind of specific. I think the, especially like the, the authorities or leaders on that side of the table if they took it seriously enough, they could come up with some really good reasons. Mm. I believe they're out there. Yeah. I don't think we hear them enough. Mm. I think there's real, like, <clears throat> obviously sticking up for people is good. Yeah. But it's, it's a soft argument. You know, it's like sticking on the corner with a sign that says poverty is bad. It's like, 
Yes, but this is a lot more complex and it would be a lot easier to win the war, especially if you're on that side, if you armed yourself with better arguments. Yeah. And I feel like that's something we're missing from a lot of our leaders Mm -hmm. if you take it to other domains. Mm -hmm. But since we're in this, like in general, I feel like we could, both sides could be strong holding this a lot easier. I think the... Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think you're wrong necessarily. Mm -hmm. I just, I bel and I, it's on a belief. So it's almost fictitious until proven, but I believe there's better arguments out there. Yeah. And I'm sure there are. I just wish the leaders would take the responsibility and show them to us, Mm -hmm. you know, because then it'd be easier for me to get on your side. And then the other side would have to stronghold their stuff if they even could. Mm-hmm. And then it's actual an actual real... It's an actual debate. It's a real war. Mm-hmm. It's a real discussion. Mm-hmm. It's a real um, talk of, like, how do we handle this? Right. Which is the other reason why I think, like, I don't let it overturn because then we'll have all these 50 different test cases, mm. you know? And hopefully out of that we actually see some see what shining works. examples mm-hmm. of what to do because even if you say pro-choice, there's not a clear of, like, where the line is when you get into the dirty details and stuff like that, you know? And so then to like try to make that a national law, even though we don't have the details worked out to me, if you take that to any issue is a problem with me Yeah, because I'd like to have all the details ironed out, Mm -hmm. especially if we're going to the national national level, mm -hmm. you know, like I like to have as many details outlined in every level, Mm -hmm. you know, myself yeah and moving out mm-hmm. and if it's <laughs> national is affecting a yeah. lot of people right and if it's kind of vague i want the leaders from that side that are gonna try to have this law whatever it looks like mm-hmm. go through to have that actually well thought yeah and i don't think it's well thought right now mm. you know yeah that's some of my i guess criticism of it but it goes to both sides where it's not well thought i think in this particular one it's an uphill battle just with how the constitution is structured yeah where it's not an easy yes it's constitutional right and then yeah yeah it's a tricky one (laughs) there's a lot that needs to be thought through Mm -hmm. yeah it'll be interesting to see where it goes Mm -hmm. that's for sure but then it's like this is where we come to an obstacle Mm -hmm. because i'm more let's say in the center and then you're more on that side mm-hmm. tilting to that yeah. side and it's where like if this was more readily available within this thought you could probably convert me if you had a good strong yeah. argument mm-hmm. you know like legitly yeah and then i'd be curious what the other side would try to right badger that down with yeah. and then at some point it's an actual discussion like we we're saying right. you know but then this is where like i think as individuals we get stuck is it's very much belief focused right now yes which makes it hard because you're not arguing Mm -hmm. hard facts you're arguing individual beliefs and what you believe is correct and what is incorrect Mm -hmm. which makes it hard to have like Mm -hmm. a hard discussion where you're deciding for such a like broad scale like what is right and wrong yeah and i think i got it from like a right leaning talking points video but they were like this is only going to make like a 10 percent change when it's overturned which in the grand scheme isn't that big, you know, mm-hmm. especially if you're on the right side 
hoping this gets shot down Mm -hmm. in my head i'm like it's not as big as a wind as we're making it out to be you know if i'm on that right Mm -hmm. side and so i heard that and i'm like a little bit more okay with it being overturned because like i said the details aren't ironed out so then and if you look at like actual waves of change it's not there's big waves of change don't get me wrong but then at the same time it's not as big as like a 10 percent decrease or whatever i forget the exact Mm -hmm. thing i saw you know to be more like we're still deciding this and i think to be in that deciding area we have to overturn it yeah 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 and i'm just speaking from a legal right perspective Mm -hmm. like we have to uphold the law right of our constitution yeah yeah (laughs) sorry (laughs) yeah and i think this is like i don't know a thought i'm having right now is if we could get more people to the point of like I don't know, maybe I don't want to make myself as a model, but to the point of like actually questioning these things Mm -hmm. on both sides and being like, I'm going to be undecided until you actually um, give me good information, you know, and I think if more people could stick that and because like you're always going to get however you want to split it, the 30 percent of the extremists Mm -hmm. are always going to vote yes on each side right so the battle is really in the center Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and so if i think if we could have a well-informed and well-fortified center Mm -hmm. that would make the outer bits have to fortify their ideologies a little better stronger Mm -hmm. to then hopefully convert some you know because they because the easy one is the the moral of like you're killing babies, you're Mm -hmm. destroying a life, you're Mm -hmm. destroying a woman's life, you're destroying a woman's rights. Mm -hmm. Instead of like just giving me actual rationale instead of a uh, emotional talking point. Right. Yeah, morals are really hard to argue. Mm -hmm. You need like hard science behind it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that applies to a a lot of things in life. Like you were saying like, the two extremes like when it comes to politics we have two very hard extremes but it's the ones in the middle who actually decide Mm -hmm. you know like you have a relatively like even split and then there's the people in the middle who have to be debated and like have to be one to either side of the argument and yeah that's true like politics as a whole in our country but yeah more people in the middle like you have to have stronger arguments to win those people over and people weren't just like one-sided and like mm-hmm. only saw their, their side they'd have to like actually be one with like hard facts yeah hmm. what do you think can be done in general with all these things i mean i think people need to be educated and they need to be educated from you know reliable sources like i think new systems today are very corrupt I guess and very one-sided and they're very biased and only report their side of things and people need to be educated on you know finding a good news source but also like looking at a news source and knowing that it's biased and being able to like find that bias and you know knowing how to take that and 
look at it in a way that's like, okay, this is what this person's saying. This is why they're saying it. Here's the hard fact. And here's what I make of that hard fact, not the bias. Um, but so people need to realize that and like go find good sources and know how to look at the sources that are biased. Do you think life was better 50 years ago, 100 years ago, whatever, when it was a, like a mainstay at every dinner table to not talk about politics and religion? Or do you think it's better now that things are politicized? I mean, in my perspective, like, I'm a woman. I wouldn't have been like, involved at all in those things. So, like, I'm very grateful that it's a discussion and that I get to be involved in that. And, like, I think those discussions are really important for giving, you know, people's voices, making sure, like, everybody's voices are heard. And, you know, 100 years ago, I wouldn't really have a say in that. And so I don't, you know, like, to me, I think it's really important to have those discussions. I guess I'm not trying to speak on the opportunity of women, mm. but more the in personal matters, we don't speak about these two topics. Mm. That's more what okay. I'm trying to get yeah. at. Yeah. Okay. So assuming so I always had the Assuming right, that the yeah. opportunity was always <laughs> okay. there. I mean, I think the discussion of these topics allows people to make better educated decisions about them, um, which I think is really important to hear other people's perspectives in order to make you know, a decision that's well-informed and well-thought-through instead of something you just, like, thought about yourself and didn't necessarily bounce off of other people, um, religion or politics. I think discussion of it's important in order to, like, make those well-educated decisions. It seems to me, though, that, like, if it's, it becomes, like, an all-or-nothing type thing where instead of it's, like, what am I trying to connect it to? It's like there's this both party agreement that we're just not going to touch these ideas. And then maybe somewhere else they get, <clears throat> they get talked about. Mm. But it's almost this anxiety is what I'm picturing of stepping into a dinner party and hoping something doesn't get brought up because then somebody might feel the need to defend it. And then somebody might, somebody else feels the need to correct it. Yeah. You know, where, cause when you actually, cause it's not, cause when these discussions actually play out and on a large scale, mm -hmm. they're not as formal as what you described. Yeah. Yeah. You know? They're not very pretty. Yeah. Like, yeah. During an election a couple of years ago, like we had a family party and we had a sign on the door. Don't talk politics tonight. Cause you don't. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that these discussions are important in an environment where everybody respects and listens to each other. But yeah, like a family dinner it's tricky because it gets yeah. yelly and like people aren't always respectful of other people's opinions and then they attack their feelings or them and then it's not an actual beneficial discussion. But so I guess what I'm trying to say is I think that, you know, healthy discussions where people actually listen to each other are important, but, you know, sloppy conversations where people, you know, aren't necessarily being healthy about it. Those aren't great. Mm -hmm. But how do you find them out? Like, how do you encourage healthy discussions? Yeah. Respect is definitely there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I don't know that itself being able to say, I don't know, mm -hmm. I think is needed more. Yeah. Um, and that being fine, this whole idea of silence is violence is a problem. I mm -hmm. think 
because we can't it's not good to have an opinion on everything yeah because then once you get out of your scope of practice right. you're you're uninformed on you're uninformed things. then mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so this whole thing that if you're silent on a subject especially a quote-unquote human rights subject mm-hmm. you being quiet on that issue is only gonna perpetuate things who's to say that their opinion is not going to perpetuate some other evil Mm -hmm. or the same evil. They could go either way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know? So I have a problem with that idea. Yeah. You know? And then the the opposite of the silence is just bandwagoning all the time. Right. Having an opinion but not being informed about it. Yeah. Yeah. And that kind of connects back to the abortion stuff. Not saying you're bandwagoning, but it's a idea of like... I mean, I made my decision for myself and I mean my whole family is pro-life mm. like my decision was made by me mm-hmm. so I wouldn't say that I personally am bandwagging but there definitely are people who are yeah but do you think it's this might be too personal but do mm. you think it's a little bit of a problem that you don't know those anything beyond an emotional argument for it no because I think emotions are important and like you can't be completely heartless in government like Mm -hmm. you can't be because that just fucks a lot of people over and I don't support that um so I think you and I disagree about like how much emotion should play in things um I think there should be harder facts for both sides um but I don't think me like using emotion in my decision is necessarily a bad thing but that's just my take I think it should have a major a minority of the decision. Yeah, there. I think there definitely needs to be more hard facts and things. But for some, I don't know. I don't think it's such a bad thing. Okay. Um, not necessarily my opinion, mm. but somebody on the other side would say that it's very convenient to use feelings and what somebody else is going through as an argument in this particular mm-hmm. subject because the f- the life is not taken into account of the the words they would use of the person being murdered in this yeah. situation. And I mean, we've talked about this. I'm not pro-abortion. I know, like, I know. But yeah. to say... But there are emotions I'm on both thinking sides. about people's emotions, mm-hmm. there but are then people there's... On both sides. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which then, like, it undermines the emotion argument almost itself yeah in this particular mm-hmm. issue you know yeah. and so I, then on you're a left broad scale i think that the emotion shouldn't be used to you know you know defend either side that's just my personal opinion on it like that's why i believe what i believe but i don't think that should be used to make the decision of a whole nation okay. like i think there does need to be like hard mm-hmm. science but that's why I have made the decision I have made. Mm-hmm. I know that's not enough to defend a whole argument for the whole nation, but that's where I come from yeah. as an individual. Yeah. Tying back into what we were talking about earlier, though, and let me know if this is getting too mm-hmm. personal, but um, the best agency we have is within ourselves. Mm-hmm. So wouldn't you want that opinion and that decision to be reflective of what you want to see towards your inner circle of family and friends, but then farther out, stretching to the state and government? I mean, 
of course you want things to be like decided on rationally, but sorry. You're good. Um, um, I mean, yeah, you want, you want to make decisions rationally like for yourself and then those around you to do the same. Um, but we all pick and choose what arguments are, you know, the strongest to us, like whether it's fact or not, like some facts are going to stick harder with some people than they are with others. Um, and that, you know, doesn't make it necessarily like the other fact, like a bad argument. It just, people take things differently. Even if it's a hard fact, like people are going to interpret that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Looking at it in a binary would be disingenuous. It's more, it's just a stronger argument. Yeah. Like, you mean the fact is... It's not the fact. uh, My position is not that listening to feelings are bad. Mm. It's that listening to rationale is stronger. Right. And I I agree it should be And more reinforced. Mm -hmm. And so I guess what I'm getting at is why not try to tilt your decision more towards that than the emotion. And then you would say, well, that's because that's just what I chose and how it felt to me. Mm. And I would say, don't you want that though to reflect how the government would decide? Yeah. You because want that it trickles from feeling. the individual mm-hmm. to the government. Yeah. So I guess that's what, where I'm trying to dig into. Yeah. If that's okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it should be a balance and that rationale and, you know, not necessarily emotions, but like, the morals behind it. I think they both have a big say in it. Um, and you would, you know, hope that people are making rational decisions. But I think that feeling has a play in that too. Like morals do have a play in that. If we were going just on hard fact, like it'd be a pretty hard place to live. And like from how I see it. Mm-hmm. And I think that morals and caring about other people is really important in making the world a decent place and not just necessarily like, irrationally this is more productive and like more I don't know more productive I guess yeah I think that morals and like caring about other people is important in making the world a decent place Mm -hmm. and not just a like most productive or you know things like that because rationally like caring about other people is kind of silly and take care of yourself like but I think that morals are important in making the world a decent place Mm -hmm. to live this is connects to something my head's been in Mm. lately of what is good rationale and good rationale is the best rationale. Mm. And then what is the best rationale and the best rationale is self-referential. It's meta, I think, Mm. because then it's something that, not only speaks the facts, but then takes into account what facts would deem like highest well-being. Mm. So it's almost like, and this is a word I I think I've brought it up a couple of times on the cast at this point, but a I'm, word I'm trying to figure out is like, it's something like meta competence or meta because the meta part is self-referential. Mm. And I think it's that's a very important part of it or so, or meta rationale where it's a rational point of view that takes into account the well-being. Mm. Is something yeah. that's my Combines. Yeah. yeah. Because 
it it divulges the emotional it divulges the emotional ideas of the person I think wielding it, which I think is very um, has a lot of utility to it, if yeah. that makes sense. So like taking the emotion out of it, kind of in a way, or it making it less it, emotional, but still taking into like consideration those things. I think what it I'm building it out, and I I'm getting closer as mm. the more I bring it up. But I think what it does is it separates the emotional connection from the wielder and the sword, mm. and almost allows the sword to have its own almost own personality and then therefore emotions. And I know this is super heady, but then because the sword itself is the decision maker and it, it lives itself within reality itself because it decides, Mm -hmm. then the only things that come from it is good. Yeah. Okay. I can see what you're saying. Because what I, the best I can connect to this right now is I was reading a lot of studies today on like social role theory on how gender differences are Mm -hmm. and feminist extremists would say that we have all these wage gap problems and personality differences and stuff like that because of our social roles that are inbred at us from our culture itself Mm -hmm. and then you would take that thought further and think that, okay, then the more equal and egalitarian a society is, the better it is, or the, the, the lesser those differences between males and females mm-hmm. exist, but then you see the opposite. You see them increase. And within those cultures, you see higher rates of well-being and at the same time, higher rates of those differences. And so what I'm trying to connect the differences being between personality, um, occupational choice. Mm. There's a whole list of different things and they're all varying when you get into them, but there's differences, you know, um, even down to like blood pressure, they measure and there's differences there. Mm. Um, and lifespan we know and all that kind of stuff. Um, and you're saying those differences increase when, the society is more egalitarian. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so trying to connect this back is if you see what's contrary to what we think we should strive for, which is to decrease these differences, mm-hmm. what these studies show is that if we tried to decrease them, for one, we'd be most likely going against our own evolution, which is the better theory that's at play here, mm-hmm. argu- arguably. So then there would be some sort of force that would have to be applied, which would be towing close to totalitarian, depending on how it's structured, where instead you could allow males and females to do what they do, and then you just see these differences arise. Yeah. And from that, you see higher rates of well-being. Mm-hmm. And so it takes out that emotional argument from that it's commonly the feminist, especially a feminist extremist Mm. perspective. It severs that because most people, the majority of people in academics are on the left. Yeah. So these studies were most likely done by people that were most likely hoping, hoping for the opposite reaction. Right. And so what's cool 
in a sense, is that they wielded the sword. Yeah. And once the decision was made, it's actually, oh, we would be happier if we had more differences. Yeah. Is what I'm trying to connect back to. Mm. Mm-hmm. Where, and I guess like that's where proper science is doing its best work. Maybe yeah. that's, maybe that's the sword itself, you mm-hmm. know? And then maybe trying to tie it back into this abortion stuff is maybe we just need more strong science yeah. on the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe there less, yeah, more research done with less biases. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, goes back to the whole like thing we we're talking about earlier about like people being educated, making decisions about people like need to find non-biased sources. Like mm-hmm. science needs to be done in a way that's not done to prove one side or the other. It's just done. Mm-hmm. And whatever the results are, are the results and they're non-biased mm-hmm. and that's what came out and that's what it supported, but it wasn't intended to prove one side or the other. So I had a thought on this mm-hmm. the other day. Um, I talked about it with Jesse. Um, but I have like, different ideas that kind of connect to the same idea of like a cultural shift in general. But what I was telling Jesse was I was watching a YouTube video about two, I think PhD guys talking about some health and exercise studies. Mm. I forget the exact context, but it doesn't matter because as they were like talking about the title and then who's authoring it, they were talking about the authors as if they were like NFL all stars which I thought was really cool Mm. because what if we like held those positions to the same account we do as like athletes or even like politicians, you know, because a lot of people make a lot of bets on hopefully politics will make their life better, which is not right. And I think, as we said, education is a better way out. And then we're always trying to gather more information. And so then, steel manning the people that gather those information and make them into our superheroes our superstars would be really cool yeah where (laughs) i'm like you get together on a sunday and wait for the new research paper to drop and read it with your friends yeah right Mm -hmm. like the like it's the same thing we do with sports it's just it's not as visually appealing. No, you know? there's not like a TV show to go watch. Yeah. There's less beer and less wings. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you used to love beer and wings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, go have an academic discussion. Yeah, beer. yeah hell yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I was in a plant systematics class this last semester, and I didn't love the professor overall. But he did a really good job of like referencing his sources and telling us who wrote the paper that he was referencing and where he got his material and who said what. And like, you could see the repeated figures. Like this researcher, you could see them like throughout a time period. And I, we each did like a research paper and mine was on like a specific plant family. And a lot of it was, you know, a lot of the papers and stuff throughout like a 30 year time period were done by the same guy. So like if we actually, if I actually went in and like looked at who this guy was, you know, as like an individual researcher, then I would know more about like what I was reading mm. and like where he was coming from. Yeah. But I really liked that he like referenced all of the authors and actually who he was citing. I think though that you would hope that the person's studying their uh, personal background would not matter to you the would hope research. Not. But yeah, you would hope that they were right? doing good research. Mm-hmm. You could you could make uh, you could draw lines from like 
their childhood or whatever and why mm. they chose the study. Yeah, I mean, but you would not I mean it want... more to know that they were doing good mm-hmm. research. Not necessarily like what their beliefs are and where mm-hmm. they're from, but like to know that they're doing good research and that they're qualified to be doing the research they're doing. And the, the checks and balances are in place mm-hmm. for right. said research right. because I'm all for if we had one scientist producing all the papers, if it was humanly possible mm. to do such a thing, as, even if he was a straight white dude, even if then all the checks and balances were in place, that proper science was at play. Right. I think that's maybe what connects back to this idea is that the, the science hopefully will disconnect whatever those emotions are. Mm-hmm. And then when they're not, we have the checks and balances in place right. to let you to know. To actually see the science. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's a cool thing of these people you can find online where they're jacked PhDs, basically. They're dudes that study health and exercise science, mm-hmm. but they're not the traditional academic look, you yeah. know, of pencil thin mm-hmm. and glasses and yeah. all that nerdiness, mm-hmm. you know, they're jacked. They can deadlift for reps, 600 pounds. Yeah. And then also tell you about different molecular chemistry within mm-hmm. the body for health and exercise. Yeah. I think that's really cool in multiple different ways. You know, mm-hmm. like there was a Joe Rogan episode where they had three dudes on talking about different things with diet stuff and it was very interesting but then also just to listen like you have their voices but then to listen and it's just three gorilla dudes (laughs) you know talking Mm -hmm. and you wouldn't think that they have something intellectual to say and then they're talking about all kinds of chemistry that most people don't even need you know but they're going through the dirty details of it and it's really cool Mm -hmm. you know and it's almost you could have watch parties around things like that between yeah. conversations of academics, mm-hmm. which would actually be more visually appeal- appealing. Yeah. And so, and they were talking about how they kind of inspired a lot of these drug-free young naturals, which is really cool, mm. where they're hearing the science, some kids, and then they are also putting in place in the gym. Right. You know? Yeah. And my background is health and exercise so that's where I tilt and it's easier for me to find patterns but it'd be and this is where we need people from other domains and the leaders of other domains to figure Mm -hmm. out these things and connect them together so that we can find these actual leaders you know Mm -hmm. like these guys talking are actually leaders because there's times in that interview where they say I don't know yeah, like the research is that. not decided, mm-hmm. you not know, there yet. Yeah. which is so important, right. especially coming from a scientist, mm-hmm. you know, especially if like your goal is to, you know, lead other people. You have to be willing to say like when the answer is not there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you don't want to give people faulty information. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another part I had to it, but I it doesn't connect well right now. Hmm. Well, I said a future of cultured young people who are drug-free educated athletes and who are bringers of good wielding the capitalist sword <laughs> <laughs> that's a thought right there yeah. yeah well to me it seems like capitalism is the only economic system that's working right mm-hmm. now is i think where that was coming yeah. from so i was trying to have something all-encompassing right covered all aspects of it 
Yeah, because there you have like personal health, mm-hmm. but then cult, all kinds of things are wrapped up into yeah. that. Um, and I don't like, I don't know what that takes. Every time I say that, I just go back to like, what can you do? Mm-hmm. Which is like influence the people around you. Right. Have these discussions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have these discussions, but like, yeah. So it'd be nice to find more people. And it's tough because then it's like domain specific where you yeah. need more people within your particular field. Mm-hmm. But, and then it's cool because a representative from those groups could meet with somebody from plants and mm-hmm. you guys can go over different things, things and cross pollinate, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> which ties in nice. well. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Like I dream of, I, I'm, have a lot of visions. Yeah. Like I dream of a big co- cultural shift like this, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I mean, in the plant world, it's kind of tricky because there's not a whole lot of botanists here. Mm-hmm. So those conversations are far and few between. But I love them. I love like when I find like a fellow plant enthusiast and we can like sit down and like actually talk about things or like going on a hike with like other plant people and they're like, oh, look, it's this exact plant. And I'm like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I love those conversations. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just, you know, I wish that they happened more. Yeah. This is a, connects to another vision mm-hmm. I have mm-hmm. of like that video I showed you. Mm-hmm. Do you know Gary Vaynerchuk? Well, no, the guy Mm-mm. that had that on and everything. Mm-hmm. He's an entrepreneur, but he's okay. like big of like everybody should have their own micro brand and social media enterprise mm. is one thing he talked. He talks about a lot of things, but that's mm. one thing. And I think I really believe that where. I think if they, there's so many things going wrong right now, and yeah. I think if you got to the flip side of so many things going right, I think one thing I envision is something like that of what we were just talking about, but then also um, almost many people having their own podcasts where in, in the future this is something that morphs, you know, before it was radio and yeah, it was this, right. but something where... 90% of like the episodes you would produce were the down and dirty details of plans. And yeah. then that 10% of episodes was the one you would give me as an outsider mm-hmm. to then look in and get enough information to casually see. Right. And then you would still have a small population of actual listeners right. that would listen or, to a hundred percent of mm-hmm. it. Right. And that's where, there would be a cool education and cross pollination process right. where People I could listen to something other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where you could do one episode with another expert right. and I could get all that I needed enough to from my perspective. To mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I could do my own part of making my own episode and everybody can almost do that. And it'd yeah. be all these micro things. Mm-hmm. And we kind of talked about this earlier of like a, free streamlined like educational process of mm-hmm. these yeah. things would be yeah. all free and then right. if you had a free market of ideas of people upvoting and downvoting things mm-hmm. then the best podcast right. would come up and then best people would show mm-hmm. and all that right that's another thing i yeah, we've <laughs> envision <about that> you <laughs> know that's a, yeah. this is in a different context because mm, we're talking yeah. about like i don't know like a business around it right. but this is just right. like it'd be so cool yeah. Because it's more like free market and just mm-hmm. people doing it like you would do it 
if you really found enough people to have right, a hundred episodes yeah. of mm-hmm. like 90 down dirty plant mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. and then 10 of like casual episodes yeah. people could tune into mm-hmm. you know yeah and then of those 10 the best one they fight somebody else's 10 mm-hmm. and then both of you have three and yeah there's a competition of real ideas you yeah. know mm-hmm. yeah i mean it comes back to people having discussions like this mm-hmm. people communicating and talking about things mm-hmm. like Which, me and me and jesse have had like a four-part discussion now on the abdominals yeah yeah <laughs> where it's hard to settle these things like yeah. you would think we could have a consensus on one bot, one muscle group of mm-hmm. the body, mm-hmm. and we can't. We, me and yeah. him, couldn't even figure that out. You know, mm-hmm. and this is where we need each other because right. he's. I'm talking to him. He's talking to his teacher, getting mm-hmm. back to me. Yeah, and all this kind of stuff. Because then, one thing that I heard today that was really good was like science is never founded it's just the best idea of a thing we have it's supported yeah Mm -hmm. and so let's get these foundations that we think are good and then build off them and then when things switch right when different theories not even theories different things we thought to be true Mm -hmm. are proven wrong have the mental and emotional fortitude to understand like okay then we like what if it. evolution yeah. was disproven? Like, yeah. we just have to move on then from we that, right? Figure out what was happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. My mycology class that I'm taking right now, it's not like a super big field. There's not a whole ton of research in it, and it's all changing, like, quickly. And so yesterday we got our textbook, and she's like, yeah, it's from 2017. But even that, like, a lot of it's wrong. And so, you know, I'm going to say things that are different from the textbook, and the textbook's going to say things that are different from me. And you guys are going to go do research and find things that's different to what I'm saying. And I want you to tell me so I can correct it. And like, you know, I like that approach that she's Mm -hmm. willing to say like the textbook's wrong. I'm wrong. You know, just like it's a field that's changing really rapidly and addressing that. Yeah. And (laughs) um, yeah, like knees over toes guy, Ben Patrick, he talked about how he he's very gifted and he really enjoys this particular side of like health and exercise and he would take tests in his college and having to decode questions of is this what the textbook wants or was actually at play Mm -hmm. now these days with consensus right and sadly that was um the tests were poisoned itself you know yeah if only we had more teachers and I think that's also leadership not being taken up properly Mm -hmm. that was leadership done well you know yeah my professor last semester who I didn't like mostly who did like the good citations and stuff he would teach us something and be like this is how it was done 20 years ago but it's not what's done today and then he'd move on Mm -hmm. and he wouldn't teach us what was done today and it made me so mad yeah like you are teaching me outdated science and you're testing me on it but you're not taking the time to teach me what is done. Mm-hmm. And that was one of my bigger problems with him. Yeah. Is that he just stuck to his outdated things. And he would address that it was outdated, but he wouldn't tell us what was current. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, dude, yeah. that's not setting me up for success in this mm-hmm. field. Which at least he addressed it. Because yeah. some people would just play it. Right, they just it, move you know? on. But it's like going to a film school and then teaching about disposable ca- cameras right. and the red rooms and stuff like that. Yeah. It's like, we are way past yeah. that I'm on like, a film not, level these days. You're not days. setting me up for success in this mm-hmm. field because I know about these things from the 80s. Mm-hmm. And that is not going to help me today, mm-hmm. which is, yeah, frustrating. I mean, yeah, at least he told us, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
He's, a, he's an interesting character. Mm-hmm. I, I'd still say at least he like fesses up mm-hmm. to it. Oh, you for know? sure. Yeah. Because then you can do your own research, right, right. which is helpful. Yep. Yeah. At least I know not work. to like rely on that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is like the problem in general of like you're paying regardless of the type <laughs> yeah. of the quality of teacher mm-hmm. you're getting. And so that almost opens a conversation of like, should that dynamic be a little different? Yeah. I mean, he's like a world renowned researcher. Like that's why CSU pays him. Yeah. And he's like an editor for the national journal of botany. Like mm-hmm. he's up there, yeah. but he should not be a professor. Yeah. Like he's fantastic and does really great work for the field, but he should not be a professor. No, I think that's an important distinction or he should, um, improve his professing yeah. abilities. Yeah. Right. He needs to work on it and yeah. he does take feedback. Well, he just doesn't necessarily like actually take it, like mm-hmm. put it into his lessons. Like yeah. he'll sit with you and discuss things, but he has a hard time actually like putting it into his lectures. Yeah. And I think that's another problem of how it's structured is that some professors take the class just for the research money mm-hmm. and stuff right. like that instead of the love yeah. of teaching. Yeah. I did a job shadow with somebody before coming to CSU and she was a researcher and she's like, yeah, I teach like a class on the side. She's like, yeah, they asked me to like go in and teach sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and at the time I was like, okay, cool. Cause I was doing a job shadow for the research. Like I wasn't touring the school or anything, but looking back, I'm like, oh, she's who's teaching these classes mm-hmm. and she does not care about those classes. Yeah. She doesn't care what she's teaching these students. We watched the machine the other day mm. and his Spanish teacher needed the 14 people not Spanish, mm. Russian teacher. Mm. And so he had to stay in, didn't learn any Russian in two yeah. years of college right. and had a great story for it. But, but it's, the professor was very corrupt and should yeah. not have been doing that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's not even like the professor is just the system should not be that yeah. way yeah. of like, he shouldn't have gone through that many years and not learned anything. <laughs> yeah. We still got a good story from it. <laughs> yeah. True. Yeah. True. But yeah. Yeah. And that's another problem of like things being fucked up is fun. Yeah, it's funny. Like it, it adds a story. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if like if there was this real- reality where we figured everything out. The only thing I I can think of we'd have left is just the tragedy of life. And then yeah. there's no, uh, there's some yeah. story in that, but then a lot I mean, is taken out. Human injury. Like, yeah. But yeah. There's yeah. not natural a, disaster yeah, right. and, and disease. But there's not necessarily like politics mm-hmm. or unfortunate like experiences with other people to laugh at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if like we just become charged as a planet and then find problems in space. Mm. I don't know if that that's what takes place, you know, or yeah. exactly like what is actually solved you know but yeah i don't know if there's no maybe a better thought to have is there's no end to having trouble yeah i would say i don't really think a utopia is attainable yeah at least anytime near our lifetime like i don't think that's gonna happen anytime soon and i don't know that's yeah i think you're right trying to bring it back to reality because like and everybody's perspective of utopia is different too, mm-hmm. which would always lead to change. Leads to a disagreement. Mm-hmm. I have two thoughts, but I want to go down the other one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> do you know, how do you feel about capitalism? 
I have mixed opinions. In the past, I would have been like, boo, I hate capitalism. But, I mean, now I'm, like, actually living in it, you know? Like, I actually have to, like, pay my rent and make my adult. own money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so... And that has made you more appreciative of it? Not necessarily appreciative. Like, I still don't love it. <laughs> but I'm not just like, man, that sucks. You know, like, it does give people the opportunity to get out of situations and stuff. But we've, we've kind of talked about this. I think it takes a lot out of a person and, like, working a nine-to-five and doing nothing afterwards kind of crushes you. And, like, you have, like, obviously you work, but you make the decision to go do things that make you happy. But a lot of people don't make that decision, and they're just kind of, like, crushed by it. Hmm. And they're just, you know, they go work a nine-to-five. That means nothing to them. They come home to an unfulfilling, like, home life. They w- go to sleep. They wake up. They go to work. They repeat. The weekends, they clean the house. They maybe hang out with their kids. They go to sleep, and they go back to work. And it's just, like, the cycle. And I think capitalism continues that and I don't love that but then there are people who make the choice like okay I'm working nine to five but tonight I'm going kayaking and Saturday I'm going on a hike and so so then capitalism kind of facilitates that I just don't know of a better way to do it I think Mm -hmm. like I don't love capitalism but I don't know a different way that would work better so I'm kind of like well it's the best we got right and so I don't think it's great but I don't know what would be better. Mm-hmm. Do you think possibly, here's a thought. Mm. We actually struck, this is not necessarily my opinion, but we struck gold with it so well that we devised a system that mimics the state of reality where that it is unfair. And therefore, at broad scales, the better systems have to be unfair Mm -hmm. does that make sense potentially because then when you try to go down the opposite argument which is um a more equal spread of all resources by force almost it hasn't worked Mm -hmm. you know and so then you're like what's the other option yeah i just wish it wasn't so draining and let it and that it let people pursue like what they wanted to because the way our society is set up like there's a lot of desk jobs where people go in and they like punch numbers all day Mm -hmm. but that's not really fulfilling to them and i wish that you know our society supported more people doing things that they wanted to do and like people be entrepreneurs more and like smaller businesses or like things that actually made them happy and not just sitting at a desk all day and that's just kind of how our society has it set up. And I just wish that that wasn't true. Yeah. Do you think that... I agree, I think there's a tricky balance between allowing enough and too little opportunity. Yeah. That's the balance, I think. And I think maybe we have the best chance at striking that balance under this structure, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I think like uh, we both connected to when things pool at the top, it's not good for right. the majority of people at least, right, right. or you could argue anybody, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. um, it's like what to do about that is yeah. something we're trying to figure out. But then also like 
the Matthew principle. What's it? Um, do you know that principle? There's another word for it. It starts with a P. I had it in my brain five minutes ago, but it's, um, the, well, the, why it's, it's nicknamed the Matthew principle is the biblical verse of, um, for those that have everything more will be given and those who have nothing more will be taken. Mm. And it's this idea that when you look at any human creative enterprise, there's, um, an uneven distribution by nature mm-hmm. and you can, and you can take it to human creative enterprises, but then also like the amount of mass in stars. Like it's just, it seems like it's the structure of reality itself. Yeah. And I don't know. It's just like, that's why you see this uneven distribution is that no matter what, if you let everything start equal, at some point things are going to pool. Yeah. And so I guess it's figuring out a mechanism that lets that pooling drain. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing we haven't found a strong right, argument right. for. We have arguments, but I haven't seen them strong, at least. Mm-hmm. But that's another tough principle because then I think if we solve that, I don't know because you don't want to devalue getting better right you want people to work hard and you know at least try to get better like on their own Mm -hmm. but when all the resources are stuck at the top can they really do that it makes it harder yeah so you need to find a balance of you know like you said draining the pools a little bit so that way it's attainable for these other people but you still want to keep that desire and that passion to like do better in the world Mm mm-hmm I would say it makes it harder, but never impossible. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Which it's another tricky balance of when things are very hard, they're more rewarding, Mm. you know? But they're also demoralizing. Yeah. But at a certain point, there's going to be winners and losers as well. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, how do you, what do you do about that? You know? You know, what do you do with the people who lost? Yeah. I, yeah. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, just by the way of transacting things. Mm-hmm. Like, I would imagine that even if we had everybody good in our country, I think the only way that possibly could be facilitated is possibly stealing it from another country. Mm-hmm. Because it's all checks and balances there has to be or it's something where we're in now where we've just accumulated a debt to pay for everything but everything's kind of fake money almost yeah you know so it's either we got it from somewhere else or we imagined it yeah the imagination is going to crash in on us at some point Mm -hmm. and then getting it from somebody else is then still a a moral problem someday too yeah like if you build up debt either you're gonna have to deal with it or your kids are going to have to deal with it, but it doesn't just go away. Mm-hmm. Like you still took that from somebody else. Yeah. 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 And it's like, how do you drain the pool st- by still incentivizing the people at the bottom to get better? Right. And then the people that get better, if there's somebody that gets better, there's somebody that's getting worse. Yeah. Cause they're <laughs> getting those resources and somebody else isn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then it's like, 
Now what? What do you do? Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. that's where it's like, what is, yeah. What is there to do about that? It seems like it'd be nice if there's an alternate program in total right, of right. other than capitalism but there's not a yeah, exactly, strong right. argument like i for used those. to like literally hate capitalism but like What's, what what else yeah you know i don't know <laughs> so my middle ground on capitalism <laughs> <laughs> well i'm like for it i just think it's not functioning well right now yeah you know yeah that's that's a i think like a thing maybe people don't fully understand is like it's just mm-hmm. not functioning well guys right it's not the whole system. It's yeah. how we have it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But how do we fix? How do we have it? That's the question. Starts with us, baby. <laughs> yeah. Starts with the individuals and then it does. our families and mm-hmm. people around us. <laughs> You're thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've come to this conclusion multiple times now mm-hmm. from different angles. Right. And it's, Yeah talk to people mm-hmm. get better i think try to start up your own things yeah you know of what fulfills you right and it's all maybe it's also like a question of there's a small percentage like how are you gonna this might not work as a question but how are you going to tackle the problems of abortion through a plant lens such a good question do you know what i yeah. mean right no i mean i've gone to like some strikes and things and like it's you have to make it work in your life maybe say your major as well oh okay so i'm a biology major with a concentration in botany and a minor in chemistry yeah so you love chemi- plants yeah i love plants <laughs> there <laughs> it is the that's 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 the <laughs> that's true and so like the chemistry minor could take me more into that but the plants i mean plants are can be heavily used in like medicine and thing like that so maybe i could use plants to help me figure out mm-hmm. an effective birth control or something like that um but yeah I have mean, you thought about what you want to do with your degree i will go do research where they pay me mm. that's where we're at okay. i would love to go into mycology like i fucking love fungi like, hmm. like a lot, <laughs> which is like weird, <laughs> but it's true. Um, what would you do in the mycology? Again, wherever I can get a start. Um, so you'd like the research with fungi? Yeah, I want to do research. Fungi? <laughs> I've said it wrong a long time and I love them. Like, you're good. I mean, ideally I would want to go into research with that. And like, I don't know, my professor's an actual mycologist and she's the first mycologist I've actually met. And I'm like, damn, I want to be doing what you're doing. Mm. Like, I want to actually be doing research in this field. Because it's so unknown. Like, there's so much room to grow in this field. And I want to be part of that. And I think that fungi can be used in cleaning up chemical waste. And I think our environment isn't doing so hot. Mm. And if I could, you know, help that in any way, like, that would, I think, make me feel very fulfilled. And so, I, yeah, that is, like, the dream is to be doing research on fungi and how that they can be used to um better the environment and combat climate change and just the mess we're making of this world um but again i will go where the money is Mm. because there's not a whole lot in mycology so why the money because i have to survive in a capitalist world yeah (laughs) like i have to be able to support myself and i have to be able to pay my rent and buy food you can't do that on the other salary 
I mean, I could, but like I, I have to get a job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to start somewhere. Right. But then couldn't you work towards that, even if it's lower paying? Yeah. I mean, I get, okay. I guess I will go where I can get a job. Not necessarily where the money is, whoever will hire me. Mm-hmm. Where any money is. Yes. <laughs> where there is any inkling of money, whether it be a little or a lot. Mm-hmm. I just need some. Yeah. I will just, yeah. At this start, I will go where I can get a job. Okay. But if You're I... You're talking short term. Yeah. But then long term, would you build to that? Yeah. I mean... So the goal is to end up doing my college research. At the beginning, I will go where I can get a job because I need research experience somewhere in order to get a job where I want to be. Mm-hmm. So I will go where I can get hired. Um, but long term, yeah, my college research is where I want to end up and I want to be doing it in a way to better the world. And I, you know, I, that, that's the goal for me is to make the world a better place a little bit. And if I can do that through research and mycology, then man, that's a dream. Like that would be it. Mm-hmm. But I have to get to a point where I can do that first, which means getting a job. Mm-hmm. Can I challenge you a bit? Mm-hmm. Where does a family fit into that? I mean, I have to. In my opinion, I like I want to have a stable job, and I want to have a stable house, and I want to have like money saved up before I even like think about starting a family. Because I. What if all three of those attributes were carried out in the guy you're with at the time? I don't think I would be content staying at home. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I get very bored in the mundane and doing the same thing over and over again. I'm like, I've been in quarantine this past week. I've kind of lost my mind a little bit. <laughs> like, you went hard on Duolingo. Yeah, I did. Oh my God. <laughs> like hard. But anyways, I like <laughs> don't do well without like things or tasks to do. And like I worked full time last summer and I like liked it. I liked having a routine, getting up in the morning and going and doing something and not just like sitting at home and knowing I should clean and like things like that. And so I think that I get bored easy. Yeah. But I think I need a job. Do you think you could do research at home if you had the job lined up? I don't know if I would be quite as motivated. Hmm. I, I am a motivated person, but I also kind of need like the job or the grade or whatever it is to get me to do that thing. Um, and I'm, it's something I'm working on currently. And like something I realized over the past week is that like, I do just kind of sit at home if I don't have to Mm. or like go do something else, but I don't, I'm not happy when I do that, but I like struggle to get the motivation to actually like go do something. So I think, I think I personally will always be working just because it makes me feel good. Um, so even if, my partner was stable and had money and all of that. I don't think I could stay at home. I would be happy, you know, like I want to help raise kids. Like I do want to do that, but I think I would have to be working as I did that. Mm -hmm. What do you think? um, Yeah. What did you learn from this last week? Kind of being cooped up (laughs) with COVID and stuff. I mean, I, did a fair bit of thinking and I really want to do better about being intentional with my time because like these last few days like they dragged but they also flew by and like I watched a lot of tv and I played a lot of Duolingo and like there's worse things than Duolingo but I wasn't necessarily like actively using this downtime to improve myself you know like I could have been doing research on where I want to go to master's school and like I could have been reading research articles and 
you know, finding scholarships and looking for career opportunities. Like there's a lot more productive things I could have been doing. And I, you know, I want to get better about using my free time. And you realize it too late. Right? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, now, <laughs> yeah. now I'm out of quarantine, but yeah. I mean, but I did a lot of thinking, which is a good thing. And I've come to those conclusions, mm-hmm. whereas before maybe I wouldn't have. Yeah, it's a good start. Right. Yeah. Like sitting there and being like, wow, I'm really bored and out of my mind. and I don't want to spend my time like this. Like, yeah, I could have used that week to do something else, but at least I came to that conclusion. And like mm-hmm. going forward, I can work on that. And like, I really don't know how much downtime I'm going to have this summer. We'll see. We'll see how much time summer school takes. But if I have more downtime, I want to be more productive with it and do things that will help me down the line. And like, yes, rest is important, but you know, if I have downtime, I want to use it better. Like in high school, we kind of talked about this, like I had like every hour planned out. Mm -hmm. Like I literally did. Mm -hmm. And I was more fulfilled that way. Mm -hmm. Like having shit to do, like made me feel better and like doing that shit and like having an open schedule doesn't make me feel as productive, which doesn't make me feel as good. So I kind of want to get back to like really having a full schedule and really be doing things and not just like I should do homework, <laughs> but I'm not gonna. <laughs> like I don't want to. I don't want to do that yeah. anymore. Yeah, that's where like um, when I was still in school, but COVID was hitting. Mm-hmm. It actually worked for the most part for me well mm-hmm. because I would plan my week out, and then I knew what I needed to do that day, mm-hmm. and I'd usually get done by twelve, especially because yeah. I wake up early. Mm-hmm. And so I just hit lectures and stuff at 6 a.m. Yeah, I was done with school, but yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. then I'd plan like the rest of my night right. out, you know. And I've always been super structured yeah, like that and planning mm-hmm. things. So it worked yeah. better for me. But and I'm in the easy 10% of people that actually act like that. Yeah. Where I think a lot of people felt cooped up with their summer mm-hmm. classes. I was like, I feel more liberated with I, it. It would depend on the day you asked me. Mm. I missed seeing friends a lot. Because, like, my family quarantined hard. You know mm. how, like, in jail walls they do, like, a tally mark? We did that for, like, days I didn't leave my house. 60 days. I went on hikes. That was the most I got out. And, like, hiking. Is this a 2020? Mm-hmm. This was, like, a hard lockdown. Mm. And so I missed people, like, a lot. And, like, I missed my graduation. And I missed my prom. And, like, there was other bummers going on. But I also had a stable like workout routine and I worked out when I needed to and I you know was with my family and it was like actually okay (laughs) like because in high school I didn't spend a lot of time at home but like my mom worked from home my dad worked from home my sister was home and like we were all right like we were doing pretty good like hung out with my little sister and like didn't get yelled at or yell at her (laughs) so like you know it was okay but I missed seeing friends a lot okay yeah I was speaking more from 2021 Mm. for me because 2020, I was back home. Oh. But I was I was definitely different where a couple months into that, I got a job mm. at a rehab facility. Okay. And I was working 12-hour shifts. Yeah, I was at home. <laughs> 7 to 7. <laughs> oh, and shit. And I would get, yeah. Dang. And then sometimes I'd work the night shift, which was just staying there. Yeah. In their bed overnight. Mm. So, I mean, I had like some 70, 80. Yeah. Possibly 90-hour work weeks. I wasn't working then, which is weird to think because like, I can't really remember not having a job but mm-hmm. i didn't then yeah but you're in more of a urban yeah environment very much. and so back urban, home we're yeah. more rural mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yeah i just made friends with co-workers and right. our they would be clients because they were paying yeah with our clients mm. 
yeah no i didn't have a job to go talk to people mm-hmm. <laughs> i had like zoom calls with my classes sometimes <laughs> <laughs> but yeah my we locked down pretty hard mm-hmm. yeah but during that time i don't remember if, like this past like five days i was literally sitting there I was like how the hell did i do this for like <laughs> months <laughs> what there's <laughs> like a community thing with it though yeah you we know? were on it together we like, then oh two yeah. weeks stopped the Whereas spread these right? are my five days yeah no it was it was a rough five days to yeah. get it like my friends were doing a lot those five mm-hmm. days and i was like <laughs> playing duolingo <laughs> yeah <laughs> killing it but yeah i mean i think i realized that i need to be more intentional with my free time mm-hmm. and that i like want to be more productive and do more to like because i'm not doing bad but i like want to do more to better mm-hmm. myself me too mm-hmm. i always want to push it yeah yeah i need to create some more consistent routines in my life mm-hmm. of things that are better for me yeah that's the goal for this how summer. are you gonna do that well the first goal is because my i mean like i do work out and i go rock climbing and i do yoga but it's not consistent it's not necessarily on a schedule and i think i want it to be because then i like have to do it whereas now it's like oh i feel like doing this mm. whereas it's not like chelsea this is good for you you need to go do it it's well today i want to today i don't mm-hmm. and so i think the first step is going to be creating a consistent routine with that but then i don't really have a consistent work schedule right now and so that makes it hard to create other schedules so i think the first two steps are to go to work and fill out a new time form because class has changed and then i need to create a routine off of that mm-hmm. yeah for me it's just making minimum requirements yeah yeah so work-wise 40 hours a week mm-hmm. then workout wise two strength workouts two climbing Mm-hmm. sessions one flexibility day mm-hmm. and then i through doing that know that i like to climb then the, the exact next day lift and then that third day can either be that flexibility day or an off day mm-hmm. and then the structure is kind of built right. from that yeah. but then it's more fluid mm-hmm. while still being rigid yeah because i heard it from someone but they're like, it's, you know, you're doing it wrong when you feel, f- no, you know, it's too rigid when you feel stuck and frustrated in it, mm-hmm. which makes sense because yeah. of rigidity, right, the right. word Life itself. Changes and you don't want to be stuck in things. Yeah. So you, it means you need more fluidity I think in I'm it. a little too fluid right now. <laughs> yeah. So I need to work on finding. Yeah. But the, yeah. the bridge is, I guess what I'm getting at to that is a, um, I guess the standards or minimum requirements. Mm-hmm. And for me. I don't know if most people are like this, but for me, it's always within the week. Mm-hmm, yeah. I think some people can do the day or like a month. I, I tried. Weeks, yeah. yeah. I think a, a lot of people that's mm-hmm. like in our scope mm-hmm. of what can we can see. I think a week in advance, a day is too short, a month is too long, but a week, mm-hmm. something I can handle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And your weeks will look similar, right, which right. colors the month mm-hmm. itself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because I did like a mental assessment on myself the other day, per, mm. like a personal one. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I went through the three pillars yep. of, I started with community because mm-hmm. I have stuff going on with my family. So mm-hmm. I wrote that out, got that down pat. And then I went with friends and then like my romantic life. And then that was everything under community mm-hmm. that I needed to get down. And then 
finances, just a little blurb about my job and then personal stuff that isn't paying, but hope to be paying, you know? Um, and then financial assets, um, leveraging capital and stuff like that, basically. Mm -hmm. And then health getting back into my training has gotten a little too fluid. So trying to, uh, that get that down Mm -hmm. well. Um, diet's been great though. I need to eat more bananas. (laughs) (laughs) You get a lot of bananas. (laughs) I get a whole apple. Nice. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Wait, Mm -hmm. why is that impressive? Because I can't usually eat a whole apple. Oh, I remember now. I remember now. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, wow, I did that. (laughs) (laughs) I've been eating at least one banana a day. I think it needs to be two bananas a day. (laughs) That was my resolution. That's your resolution. (laughs) Add one banana. (laughs) (laughs) But it's a, I eat one before and after I work out. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it's like a, natural energy right, boost right. instead of taking yeah some caffeine mm-hmm. especially because now i'm lifting at night usually i mm-hmm. can't take caffeine right. and i never usually relied on that but but yeah you can't now now i definitely can't mm-hmm. and yeah sugars fasting mm-hmm. all that good stuff I bought a lot of meat over the weekend. You'd yeah. be proud of me, <laughs> you little veg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My diet this past week has been fucked because I'm staying in like a guest house right now. Mm-hmm. They don't. She doesn't actually have a kitchen. She has a hot plate. And so, and like I can't go to the couldn't go to the grocery store. <laughs> and she doesn't even have olive oil in her house. Do you have your apartment still? I'm well. I've been quarant- oh, Okay. Um, I was house sitting. And I got a positive COVID test. Yeah. And so I went and quarantined at the house I'm house sitting for, not okay. my apartment. And so... Because you have roommates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So I'm quarantining... Quarantined? I don't know. Mm-hmm. At the house I'm house sitting for. Mm-hmm. So I didn't actually have my stuff, which I think was another part of why I was so bored. Because I didn't have my things. It's like, well... You I'm, couldn't organize like a time to go at least grab your own things? I mean, small bits. Like grab some clothes, a book. Hmm. But yeah, so that seems silly on your part. Maybe a little bit, but I yeah. didn't have my kitchen. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So I couldn't really cook as much because I just had a hot plate mm-hmm. and like not very many groceries. <laughs> <laughs> so the diet's been rough this week. Yeah. We'll be getting better once I have a kitchen again. Yeah. Makes me appreciate a stove. Are you house sitting at one of the nicer houses? Not right now. Oh. That you're talking a couple about? weeks. Couple weeks. Yeah. Twenty <laughs> seventh. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll be gone then. I'll, I'm there for a week and a half perfect <laughs> <laughs> and somebody else just texted me about house sitting and i kind of wanted to read it okay so maybe the 17th i will be also yeah but i will be happy to have a kitchen again okay makes you appreciate it a little bit more what do you like to cook anything i like to eat different things i have a hard time eating like the same thing over and over again sorry no you're good duolingo's telling me that it's um been a long time I bet. It would be a bummer to lose that five-day streak, <laughs> just saying. I have like a 93-day streak. You do? Yeah. <laughs> I, I got bored because it was really easy, and so I did two of the unit checks like two in advance, so now I'm on like level five where I always started on level two. That's fine. But if now you can I, now, it. Yeah, now I actually might like be challenged. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of Duolingo. <laughs> Hopefully less Duolingo <laughs> now that my life is like starting again. I'll just do a lesson a day. Mm-hmm. I want to do two or three a day. Okay. Yep. Not um, however many I was doing. 
You should have gone quarantine today because Apex dropped their mobile app. Oh. And you could have been a gamer with me. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) I found out I can sync my Xbox controller to it because like Mm. playing on your phone and shit Mm -hmm. with your fingers and stuff. Right, right. I was wrecking people so badly. (laughs) I felt so bad. Oh. It was fun. Yeah. But kind of dumb because I was playing on my phone. And I dropped like 50% battery (laughs) just in one game. Yeah, I bet. But, um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how we ended up on this. Yeah, I don't know. We're talking on a lot of heady stuff. A mm-hmm, lot of mm-hmm. heavy stuff. Yeah. What time is it? What do we do? What do we do? I mean, I mean, we've said it a couple times. The most you like, the Focus starting point yourself, is working right? on yourself and those like, those around you. Yeah. Having conversations with those around you. I had a couple thoughts that I already forgot <laughs> to bring up with you. Mm during just us talking Mm. but (laughs) Mm. i read something i should not share that's for me only um Mm. now i'm curious um sorry this is invigorating to listen to Okay, maybe I don't have something. There's a bunch of things, but I don't know if we could talk about them. Mm. I feel like some of this problem is due to the loss of religion Mm. for people. Explain. Well, the Tower of Babel. Well, the the new atheist movement, Mm. for one. Those idea pathogens have gotten into people and i use that in a sense of people carry these ideas and don't even know it similar to like kind of the abortion pathogen Mm. of ideas but they can come from any direction Mm. i'm not saying it's just on the intellectual left-leaning yeah but yeah this problem with using even the word God in general, you know, it, especially talking to like people on campus, it seems to have more of a negative tinge to it. Sometimes it's a little bit different with our campus, I think, because I think Fort Collins is a little bit more religious yeah. on average. Yeah. Especially I think in, in the general population, there's probably a high percentage of church going people here. Yeah. I'd probably agree with that. Um, whereas like, I think nationally it's below 50% for mm-hmm. people church going mm-hmm. and then, drops off pretty steadily after that Mm -hmm. you know i think that is a part of it i think another part of it is we don't have a common enemy like during Mm -hmm. wars we had an enemy but then and it's it's a tough enemy to like pinpoint because they can you can be neutral for so long and then when it's your time to maybe act you're silent and i know i said silence is violence but like the many people that are around these leaders that don't even just like give constructive criticism and challenge them are a problem as well Mm -hmm. yeah and it's all within this leadership thing 
and it goes back to something I'm trying to figure out right now is like has and I haven't formulated this thought so I might get it wrong but has the birth control pill made more women more like men and in some ways it has like reproductively in certain respects but I would like to see if there's a study on like personality differences before 1960 and after yeah do you know what i mean yeah i do but i also would wonder if some of that is based on like a cultural shift okay um i mean i am on birth control but even before that i never wanted to be a stay-at-home mom i never wanted to be shut at home I never you know like Mm -hmm. I'm always like if somebody this is very specific but my dad's side of family is mildly sexist and if they told me I couldn't do something I was like fuck you I'm doing Mm -hmm. it like I don't care I'm doing it because you know like I don't know I hated being told I couldn't do something because I was a woman I hated it and that was before birth control that's always been me and so I do wonder if some of that is a cultural shift and not necessarily because of... Some of what is a cultural shift? When you say that, what are you referring to? Just like... Just so we're... we're Yeah, yeah. Women wanting, you know, or like, like, as you said, like acting more like men. Like the shift between how women acted in like prior to 1960s and how they act now. Um, I would wonder if some of that is a cultural shift and not necessarily you know, based on, you know, an increased use of birth mm-hmm. control. Like I have a couple of my, yeah, a lot of my roommates like aren't on birth control and they're going into engineering and they would hate to be told that they had to be a stay at home wife and that they had to, you know, fill certain roles in life. Like that would piss them off and they're not on birth control. That's just something they believe like as themselves. So I don't know. I'm, I would guess there is a change. I'm like, I mean, I went on birth control really long, young, mm-hmm. and I was a m- grumpy little booger, and it, like my hormones were a mess. But if I hadn't gone on birth control, like my um, hormones would have figured themselves out, like they would have. It would have been later than they did, but they would have got there. And I mean, I would still think I would hold the same fundamental beliefs and like goals in life. I don't think that birth control necessarily changed that. I think it helps balance my hormones now, but like, I don't think it would change what I wanted out of life. Mm -hmm. That's my perspective. That's what my experience has been. To me, because there's generalities we can Mm -hmm. um, pull from the population. Yeah. It seems like you tilt more away from what a quote unquote general woman would be because they're usually tend to be more agreeable on the temperament scale, yeah. you know, and as you said, you're more disagreeable. And so that's abnormal. Yeah. It's not bad. No. But it's abnormal, mm. you know, especially to be trending to the higher, to more disagreeabil- disagreeability yeah. mm-hmm. is not normal. So for me, I am very much a pushover. If you put, this is with people I know, this is with my family that I fight back. But in general, if you put me, like, 
Yeah, like at work, I don't argue shit. Like, I'm pretty agreeable to the public. But like with people I know, I'm not going to put up with that. What do you think that is? Because I've seen that in other things too. Mm-hmm. What do you think that is where it's it's like selective disagreeability? But I think it's I a wanna... comfort thing. Mm. Like with my family, I am comfortable saying, hey, no, you don't get to tell me that I can't do that. Like I'm willing to tell those people no. Whereas with the public, I'm a little more reserved and held back in saying those things. And I don't think that's necessarily a good thing that it's so different for me, but it is. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think with me, it comes with like being comfortable around a person. Um, but yeah, I don't know if that's a good thing. Yeah. I guess what, like, I wonder like how much amount of me doing this relied on my disagreeability. Because mm. it goes against like what's popular in the sense of what's most people do, which is just they grab a job and sit in it. Right. You know, and it's a little bit different from our generation. We b- bounce around a little bit more, mm-hmm. but same. S- still, the idea is like find an empl- an employer to rely on mm-hmm. is almost a better idea. And I don't know if this would be different if I was more agreeable and just stuck in that, you know, and you might just accept it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know how much of that plays into it. If it's actually, there's other roles, like this is more like of a pursuit of what I enjoy than a like, screw you. But do you enjoy this this." because it is challenging ideas and disagreeing with people? I do. Yeah. That's, that's probably part of it, Mm -hmm. you know? And uh, yeah, it's hard to parse out, but it's like, maybe I think that there's a little bit of a lack of this kind of conversation mm-hmm. in the general thing. Right. So, and maybe like we have a, a tilted idea of what disagreeability is, you know, and mm-hmm. it's not always a middle finger and yeah. a F you. Right. It's a, I'm just going to go my own way, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I think that probably plays into it, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a much more, like, polite disagreement than saying fuck you and walking away. Yeah. Like, having these conversations and, like, whether this is you disagreeing against, like, having a solid job or not. Like, this is a much more polite way of doing it than, like, walking out on your job and quitting and, like, Mm -hmm. throwing your desk as you do so. Mm -hmm. Like, those are very different ways to disagree. Yeah. 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 And it's different ways for it to manifest. Mm -hmm. I think this is, like, the most safe way (laughs) to say F you. But it's... It's got to start somewhere, I guess, as well, you know? Yeah. So it's still not, it's not nothing. It's stump something. Right. You're doing something. I guess what I was earlier trying to get at is it seems like you tilt a little differently than the average the, on some aspects. Yeah. What I was going to um, ask was even for that, do you think that the majority of women in the U.S., would find more life satisfaction from having a family, from cultivating a family than a career? That's a question I've been yeah. curious about. I know you like generalities and I don't. Mm-hmm. I think it should be a choice. I think yeah. women should have the option. I don't disagree with that. And I think it's very different for a lot of people. Like I still want a family, but I also want a productive, successful career as well. Like I want both of those things. And both of my parents work, you know, and like, 
as far as attention goes, I never lacked an attention from my parents. They maybe didn't teach me all like the best things, but like they were always there for me when I needed them and they were both working. And I think they're both fulfilled that way. Um, like, I think it doesn't have to be one or the other. Um, and yeah, I would, I would say people probably mostly want both. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Again, I'm speaking for myself. I don't know the statistics or anything, but I would think people would want both. From, from what I've seen, from people I've talked to, from those around me, from what I've seen, from what I've read, people like both. Mm-hmm. Do you think, well, at one point people say that they actually know what they're advocating for? What do you mean by that? Um, and this is like, what are they advocating for? Uh, they would be advocating for, um, like a equal parenting split, Mm. which would mean equal career and equal, um, family, Mm -hmm. uh, socialization. And I wonder if that's a, um, middle ground where both things lose, Mm. where, somebody should have just chose career for 90 to 80% of the time and went hard at that. Mm -hmm. And then somebody should have chose family. And I think it's a little easier where you could do that 60 to 70% of the time. And then that 30% would be on a, on a part-time career, Mm. so to speak. So when you made your list of things in your life, your mental list, you had, both career and like family on there like those things are both important to you too correct Mm -hmm. like you want to have a family Mm -hmm. but you don't necessarily want to be a big a part of it is that yeah that's a good question um i think the idea is i think the closer i get to it the better i'll know Mm -hmm. but the idea is i'm still a part of it even if I'm only there 20 to 30% of the time. Yeah. And I have a sneaking suspicion that it's almost good for the kids to Mm. have some sort of mystery with one of the parents. Mm. And I, that's a thought I want to fill out more, but I wonder if there's some utility to that. What would that, or like, I I mean, you obviously haven't, like, this isn't, well, like you, but what, what would that purpose be? What would you think it would be? You had your parents and I, to a certain extent, around a lot. Mm. And so you got to see that they're just normal people. Right. But then if you had a parent that you knew very familiar, Mm -hmm. and this is another theory I'm thinking in my head of like why that family split might be good, Mm. is you have a a secure base almost Mm -hmm. of traditionally the mom to be there always for the majority of the time. Mm -hmm. And you're hyper familiar with her. And then there's a lot of obscurity with that father figure that makes you revere Mm. and not, and not from his position force fear onto you, which is not right, Mm. but almost just intrinsically you hold a high revere for that figure Mm. because he's not going out. And it's a difference between, 
that 70%, he's not going out and hitting the bars with his friends. Right. He's actually going he's out working. and yeah. slaying something. Mm-hmm. You know, he's working at something. And there's a lot of like, what's he doing today? Like this, mm-hmm. this fantasy yeah. uh, imagination kind of takes place, especially as a kid, mm-hmm. you know. And then he comes home at the end of the day or week, possibly. Mm. And then you get to see him. You know, there's like this cool mystical element to it. I don't know if I would see that as a good thing. No. Like, I'm very grateful that I'm connected to both of my parents. And like, my parents both worked. Like, they were both gone all day. But, like, I appreciate that I can go to them for things and talk to them and like that I know them. And that I, I, I don't think it's a bad thing to know that they're human. Like, I don't think that's a bad thing to realize that they have flaws and they're not some see i think there's a problem just on the side we're operating at least you're attempting to operate in this binary Mm. and i'm trying to operate in this what might be most optimal Mm. which is a little different Mm. what we're kind of talking about earlier it's not i forget what it was but it's not that this is bad and this is good Mm -hmm. it's that this is stronger oh rationale versus feelings Mm. it's not that feelings are bad and rationale is good Mm. or rationale is bad it's for these big collective decisions in that case, but then mm-hmm. in these um, decisions that affect how yeah. your whole life and family structure mm-hmm. are going to be structured, it seems to me stronger. That's yeah. what. I, so I, I, I. I don't know if I see it as stronger. Okay. I. I just try to stay away from the binary. Yeah. Bina- yeah. Yeah. Binary. I just don't know if I see that as stronger. Okay. Like, I think. Having a connection with your parents is important. Um, and so I don't necessarily see that as better because that denies that. See, this is still a binary where there's still a connection with you and your father. Yeah. It's just. So there's not no connection. Yeah. There's still a connection. And if anything, you get to run a little bit rampant with this connection and it almost becomes a hyper connection of fantasy instead of this mundane, normal connection with your mother. Mm. And I'm not saying mothers are boring. What, what if the roles were switched? I, I'm fine with that. Yeah? Yeah. I'm just, I'm using this as an example because it's more traditional. Mm-hmm. And so it's but easier if the to roles were your, switched, it would still work. Okay. I think it would still work, mm-hmm. yeah. I think it's less likely. Mm. Just because there's a more of a emotional connection generated from mothers to their kin more often than fothers. Yeah. And that... And I use more often and not always, always. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think if, whether it's good or bad, if more things operated under that scope, it would fall more under the mother Mm -hmm. just because you have that motherly caring Mm -hmm. urge that is, um, common. Yeah. And as we're learning through these studies, it's not, um, culturally supplied into women. It's actually seems to be more, biological or evolutionary mm-hmm. as well so that's kind of where i come from that yeah. as well yeah yeah i mean my take is that a strong connection is important between parents and their children and i think that both parents should be present and have that connection because um, even if you have a connection with your kid if you are gone for a week it might perspective that's not optimal like that doesn't seem like it would be the best thing for the kid to have an almost 
not necessarily absent figure, but a mostly absent figure. Like, I don't feel like that fosters a strong connection. And like, like, could you ask that parent if things were wrong? Or could you, like, if you don't truly know someone or understand that they have like, if you don't know them, would you go to them if you needed something? If they're not truly there mm-hmm. or present for you? I think this is why evolutionarily we're different male and female wise, mm. because you have that mother for that. Yeah. You have that secure base, like I said. Mm. So you have somebody always. And then you have this mystical figure, you know. I just think that that fantasy isn't great. Why not? I I mean... See, like, not to get too personal, mm. but you saw the mundane in both your parents and almost found it in extracurricular and another family a little bit as well. Mm. So you looked for that elsewhere. And I'm saying that you would just look for that towards that semi-absent figure. Mm. And that's uh, that's where I think it might be stronger. And as we t- outlined earlier, there's like the primary of like family education mm-hmm. and then secondary school. And then yeah. those will pick up if it's not working. Right. And in, it's just a theory I'm trying to put together. But m- as my theory might go that's put together correctly if these roles mm. were associated this way mm. because then you don't have to look out to the outside world you're still influenced a little bit yeah but then you have that figure mm-hmm. to look towards you know yeah what it, the figure is teaching you the figure is the father yeah the father figure. right 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 and then you have the secure base within the mother yeah. is how but, so i mean yeah i did lack one secure parent so Mm. I did turn outwards but I don't think that was like looking for fantasy or something to look to like that was I mean that was me needing connections and responsibility and things but that I don't think that was because I lacked like a father figure looking out to like out to that's not exactly what I'm trying to say yeah I know it's not I'm trying to figure out what you're trying to say okay and I'm still trying to figure it out as well Mm -hmm. um i had something i was going to connect to that and forgot yeah that's my theory Mm. and i i and i know you don't like like the broad generalizations but that's also a thought i've been trying to figure out is like how much divulgence would there be if there was to be an archetype of a family yeah to be found i mean i think there is an archetype of a family what's that i mean it, it's what you're saying it's a father who works a mother who stays home and mm. two or three yeah. kids like that is an archetype of a family yeah. that is and i i know a lot of people who do not fit into that mm. not just me i know a lot of people who don't fit into that from the child's perspective or as a parenting perspective i mean just for like what people want in life i know a lot of people who don't want that do you think that's just, I'm guessing those people are more our age? Generally. Are more younger, below 25? Mm, I would say below 40. Mm. Below, yeah. Oh, okay. Maybe below 35. I, I, what I was going to get at is I would have a suspicion that changes the closer you get to your 30, mm-hmm. which is where a lot of these decisions are made. Yeah. Yeah. Were you actually deciding whether to sit down and start a family? When it's mm-hmm. fun to like think, oh, we split our roles and everything mm-hmm. like that. But then when it's when the rubber hits the road, it's like, oh, I'm taking care of the kids. Mm-hmm. Or, you know. I would say another part of it is I 
when I was really little, I went to my grandparents after school. And so my parents could both be working and not pay for childcare. Mm. So they didn't have to choose. That's a good point. For people who have to choose, it gets a little tricky mm-hmm. because childcare is expensive. And for my family, it was free. So mm-hmm. my family could keep working. So, and people who don't have like the choice to like hire a nanny or something, then, then it's a little harder because somebody has to take care of the kids and you're either going to pay for it or you're going to do it yourself. Mm-hmm. That's Whereas a good point. my parents didn't have to make that choice. Yeah. And I think my family's appreciative of that because my mom didn't have to leave work. Okay. So I could see that model more mm-hmm. if that secure base is almost grandparents. Yeah. I mean, I go see my grandma every week. Like I love yeah. her. Like yeah. <laughs> I do. Yeah. But I don't okay. know if it necessarily has to be a mother or a father figure. Hmm. That makes sense. Well, I'm just saying, I'm not saying mother has to be secure base. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying secure base needs to be needed and then mystical figure needs to be almost needed. I agree that a secure base is needed. I don't necessarily see the need for the mystical figure. The mystical figure also has this property of being a very strong authority and leader Mm. as well. Somebody that takes a lot of responsibility up. And is the kid supposed to pick up on that? I think so. Yeah. They're supposed to, yeah. are they supposed to take those traits on themselves or are they supposed to respect think, that figure? I think just by sheer being around such a character, mm-hmm. especially if the, in my example, the father's involved that it, tr- it should trickle in mm-hmm. like, yes, he's gone 30% of the time in this idea, mm-hmm. but like 10% of that is them teaching him to like hunt and like exercise and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like the time he's there, he's there is okay. what I'm saying. I think that, He's in not, our society. Yeah. When, like, when come, people are home, they're home. Yeah. I feel like they don't necessarily take that time to yeah. put it towards their kids. Mm-hmm. And I think that's lacking in our society. Yeah. And it, it would be something like, and what I'm envisioning is like, he comes home and you're doing things mm-hmm. with him. Right. He's, he's not watching TV. Right. Okay. So he's bed. like actually present. No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's because he's only there for a short amount of time. What I envision is hyper presence. Right. But he makes it count. Yes, Mm -hmm. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't necessarily see that in our society, but I could see where that would work as long as that person was like very much Mm -hmm. present when they were there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Jeez. Good snap. There was a couple of that. I also wonder though, because it seems like you tilt more away from the average woman Mm. is that in your experience or what is that based on well we need you to take a test to know for sure but it seems like you're more disagreeable than most women and might be slightly more disagreeable than most men Mm. which is uh different like i said that's one thing right but is that based on your personal experience or is that based on like studies and studies? Things? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like in the more yeah. egalitarian things yeah. like we talked yeah. about. So no, I was reading about it today. That's how it's <laughs> no, on no, mind. I mean more the like, mm, not necessarily the agreeableness, but what I want out of life. Mm. Like, is that based? That's a little more murky. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen things directly on that. Right. Um, I mean, you could draw conclusions based on the fact that, um, women will go into more person-centric mm. um, jobs and men will go into more thing-oriented jobs. Yeah. And then, I mean, that thing, 
And here's the thing with just how the economy is structured is those thing activities are a lot more easily um, scalable than the person things. And so yeah. there's more money to be made on that. And so then if you're to have somebody quit, you would rather have the person making less money is also why like just um, right. rationally why I would think the woman stays home more often mm -hmm. under that example. Yeah. Um, but then also she's already choosing something more person centric and then it just goes to her own person. She made centric. Right. So it kind of, and is that, do you think women choosing more person centric jobs, is that biological or is that based on society's expectations? I think there's a, a minority influence from culture, mm. but a majority influence of biological and evolutionary pr pressures. Hmm. And that's what these studies conclude. Yeah. I'm not, that's not right. my experience. That's yeah. what they have right. concluded. Yeah. I mean, I obviously don't really fit into that. So I, have a harder time seeing it because I fit like, into what like I don't fit into that I'm going into hard science mm. like yeah yeah that's the truth of you're it. the minority right yeah and so I have a hard time and it's funny because I'm in human services yeah I know I was know? thinking about like you work with people <laughs> yeah, yeah no we both go contrary mm -hmm. to what but then also I'm like if we if we it's fun like listening to stereotypes to me mm -hmm. like if I'm being more disagreeable by my other projects right, right? And then trying to spin off something that is actually scalable from something that's um, um, not usually scalable, which mm -hmm. is human services type yeah. deals. And it would make you it make me wonder just because we're drawn these um, bilateral dispositions. I don't know. If, maybe that works because. I would wonder if you would go into these more research-based fields and try to put the person back into it, you know? That's, it's an interesting yeah, thought. Yeah, my parents wanted me to go into human services. Mm. They thought I would do good there. So they'll love me. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean with yeah. like... Will I try to... Yeah. I'm trying to bring more of a scalability mm -hmm. to it. And I'm right. wondering if... I'll do the other. It's just a the theory, opposite. you know... I guess we'll see. You'll bring we'll more see of where a life takes me. human aspect yeah. to research. You know, yeah, which is then you wonder like we're the minority, mm -hmm. but then we act like the majority within our minority. If yeah. you think about it, which is, but would it be a good thing to bring that? You know, like bringing other perspectives and people who bring other things into your field. So like, if there was more, oh gosh, we've kind of, if there was more of you in your career, who brought in the majority thinking into the minority, would that be beneficial for the field? You know what I mean? That's a good question. Like if I, I in think for science, me, bring more people into science. I think. Is yeah. that something we should encourage? I, that's a good question. Because I would think it would be something we should encourage. Yeah. I think if you could rightly profit and then scale helping people, mm -hmm. that sounds good. Right. I think when it comes to yours, it's a little trickier because you want scientific values to be upheld. Yeah. And then we take into account. So could the group people. be used to hold individuals into accountability? The group? Like if I brought more, um, like a more, um, like the more human person mm -hmm. will side into science, could that be used to hold individuals more accountable? It depends on how it manifests. Like mm -hmm. you might just study a different particular type of things yeah. than what, other people might you know right which then it's yeah. like brings it in but to a specific domain mm. so the effect size is smaller you mm. know but it's yeah. still a, a change yeah um i could see those changes being a positive 
Yeah, I don't think there's a negative so, to it. I mean, I, I just think that means <laughs> that we should encourage the minorities to do that, you know, to encourage people to go where they want to. No, I'm shaking my head. Right <laughs> I now. see that <laughs> we had we just came to the same conclusion. I divulged at different thoughts mm-hmm. and you thought that and I thought this that that's all good and well if the minority wants to break walls but that's only under the scope if they're doing the things that fulfill them yeah i don't think it should be in the name of making this domain more righteous with diversity yeah i think it should be in the name of this is what fulfills me Mm. and i think those are different yeah diversity for just to be like we're diverse like yeah it should make people happy it shouldn't be like yeah. We need a picture of a person of color well, on our like, campus, so we're going to have, like, five people come. Mm-hmm. Like, it shouldn't be diversity just to, like, for diversity's sake. You can sit back. You're just angling it wrong. Mm. <laughs> um, no, I'm, I think we see eye to eye on that, but it's, like, when it's, of course, how do I want to say this? Of course, yet yeah, I agree that there's more black people in poverty than white Mm. but if you still just did a we're gonna solve poverty and did that first Mm -hmm. there's still a majority of of black people in poverty so then you're still having preferential treatment just by the nature of pursuing poverty but then if you're like we're gonna have preferential treatment just to them and they're 40 percent then you're missing 60 percent right so the diversity idea gets little hairy Mm -hmm. when you try to um, bring things into actuality instead of like these principled pursuits of let's end poverty or let's fulfill Mm -hmm. what my soul wants to do yeah you know because then we're not trying to force people a a a 30 30 30 split Mm -hmm. of black white asian into a in a field just for the sake of diversity of thought yeah yeah, I mean... That's that's where I will divulge, divulge yeah. from that. Yeah, I mean, I don't think, like, the workforce should be, like, 50-50 split male-female. But I think that women should be more welcomed into those other fields. And males should be more welcomed into the person, or, like, the human-related fields. And that doesn't mean it needs to be a 50-50. It just means that there needs it needs to be more of an option. And people shouldn't face as much judgment or, sele- or like, pressure to go one way or the other. I think that people should really have the choice themselves. I think this is where you relay how reality will actually work mm-hmm. on it. Yeah. And we need stereotypes are useful because they, because when you need to make quick decisions, mm-hmm. you can understand just the situation in general right. of what to do. Mm-hmm. And while we should have these laws in place that don't allow discrimination mm-hmm. at the same time, if my daughter would say, I'm going to be an architect. I'm going to support that. But then in my head, I'm like, you're going against the grain. Just to, like you're going against what yeah. you're like biologically predisposed to have. I'm not saying you can't. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think like there should be a welcoming to anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it should just be a, a almost just a cold assessment of how good you are. Right. And then if you're good, Gender's not a part of that. Yeah. It's just whether you're going to do yeah. a job or not. And then if it's, architecture most likely the majority are going to be guys Mm -hmm. but if you're doing it based on merit then there's going to be the trickle of the minority of girls 
that already had the predisposition, chased it, and then got it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So that's how I would have things. Mm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I agree that it should be based on merit. I just, there's barriers to that at the present moment. And I think those should be less. Like what? I mean, you know, I chose to go into hard science, but my parents wanted me to go into like mm-hmm. human resources and things like that. How hard did they pressure that? I mean, it wasn't really a gender thing with them. I don't know. I didn't know what I wanted to do for a very long time. So it was kind of questionable. But there's just like a lot of expectations of women and females. Like my two of my roommates are female engineers and they go to engineering things and they're like the only ones there. And like they have friends who could have done just as well in that, but they didn't. And they might have been discouraged to do that or been encouraged to do something else. And I think that should be done less. Mm. I think encouraging people to go one way when they could be doing better in another isn't like right, you know? Like if you're mm-hmm. if your daughter's playing with Legos, encourage that. Like let is her it, do those hard like the physical building things. Let her do that. Is it not more I I, I guess I flinch at the encourage that part. Mm. Is it not more um, just have a wider way of opportunities, mm. which I think is different than encouraging because there's a bias in encouraging. Yeah. You're, you are pushing yes. her towards something. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because then you would have the occasional female that gets pushed into engineering and, and would have been happier be. mm-hmm. nursing. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess... You know, yeah. so I would just say a wider range mm-hmm. and set that up properly. And then your head, you're like, most likely it's going to sort this way, just how people right. work. And that's what we see when mm. we look into these egalitarian societies mm-hmm. is that they do sort that way. Yeah. So I just don't think there should be any doors for people who want to diverge from that. Any obstacles? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And yeah. that's why we have the laws of no discrimination right. based on that, which is good. Mm-hmm. And then what's left is the... I guess social pressures and mm-hmm. that to me would mean a a micro failure within the family yeah which then you would hope that as we talked about the secondary thing kicks in where there's the opportunity to learn these things in school yeah and if that's not there then there's the opportunity in society itself for mm-hmm. them to find this yeah and you'd hope it starts at the family right like we talked about mm-hmm. yeah i think it just needs to be open to people doing like what the minority mm-hmm. like being i think it needs to be open for people to be in the minority mm-hmm. i think it's like a tricky balance between being open but then also like understanding what we tend to do mm-hmm. you know i think that's yeah. where the middle lies that's so vague it's hard to pinpoint mm-hmm. exactly because yeah. there's not a rule of thumb for these necessarily mm-hmm. it's like we know we can easily identify the extremisms as we have, mm-hmm. but the the exact middle way is tough. Other than like, don't push anything too heavily and allow opportunity. Yeah, which seems like a good rule of thumb. Yeah, you know, let people do what's going to fulfill them. Mm-hmm. Don't try to fight it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't do anything that's by force. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
But then it's funny because you see them sort in this particular way. Yeah. When the least amount of force is applied. Yeah. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. If that's how people naturally sort, mm-hmm. then great. I just think that for the minority, it needs to be an option to go the other way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm all for the option. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's where like there's a di- difference between equality and egalitarianism. Because mm. the egalitarianism is outcome dependent. Yeah. Where there's right, that 50-50 right. split at the end. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs to end up in the same spot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's that's actually wrong. Right. In multiple different ways. Mm. You know. And that equal split is actually just equality of opportunity like we right, talked about. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's, I'm trying to remember some figure I've seen, but I'm only remembering like a third of it. okay it's not gonna work (laughs) so don't figure like a person no it's like an illustration um and it like goes over the differences between um equality of outcome equality of opportunity oh with the The people in the boxes and the fence yeah did you see the third edition of that yeah and i can't it was like reality (laughs) yeah is what it said right right. and they're all it's like people different heights like they're all cut off at the limbs oh (laughs) Oh, okay i haven't seen that one i think there might be I'm trying to remember it and I can't remember the whole thing. Well, it's just equality. It's all the kids trying to look over the fence. Yeah. Different heights of boxes and things. I saw, yeah. Oh, that's not the right one. Yeah, that one. <laughs> That's the one I saw that I Oh, liked. yeah. <laughs> no, but it's just, that's pretty funny. <laughs> no, I hadn't seen that one. Yeah. Where it's like we just cut everybody to the size. Right. And but everybody nobody sees anything. It's where you force that sorting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're thinking? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> well, there's this one with the taller boxes. I think that's the one I've seen. And that's, that's when I think our system is not working. Right. If I Mm, the reality the reality one yeah that's where the boxes are that's sorted. when mm-hmm. it's not somebody made that as reality itself and to me it's more reality when our systems aren't functioning yeah, properly things aren't going as they should and then mm-hmm. i think the difference between equality and equity yeah i think the things that are functioning correctly are equality this one mm. where there are some losers yeah. like we talked about mm-hmm. sadly and I guess what this one has liberation where there is no fence, but that seems very um, I don't utopian. Yeah. To me. Yeah. I love like this one though. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. With them yeah. Cut at the limbs. I actually, just cut everybody in half. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, that one's better. <laughs> um. Awesome. Mm. I got a great text from. Never mind. Mm. People. Um. <laughs> Yeah. You have any other thoughts while you strut? Oh, good pop. Good <laughs> mm-hmm, pop. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Quick little back break. Covered a lot. We did. What yeah. do we do? What do we do? What do we well, do? I'm hungry. Figure out. Well, that's not. What I mean. <laughs> <laughs> you meant going forward from this conversation. Figure out ourselves. Figure out ourselves. Figure out our families. Yep. Create a productive, healthy family. Yeah. Can you scale 
family progression. What do you mean by that? Like what I'm trying to do is like family services, basically mm. scale them. So I think the, the reason why human services are so tough is because you're dealing with people that don't have money. Yeah. One thought I've heard and seen that I kind of like is some sort of model that um, works with families that have money. Mm. And then a percentage of that is used in a way where there's services then reinvested into families that don't have money. Yeah. Because that, there's no other way to develop a business around it mm. unless you do nonprofit, right? Because yeah. then you're getting government assistance. Right. And then you're still relying on somebody. Mm-hmm. Because the money needs to come from somewhere to pay the people to do the work and right. to run the models yeah, and everything. Yeah, you need money. And so, yeah, like one idea was like 10% of all income is going to be put and pay teachers to then pursue a small bit of families that need to get better. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's a tough thing is it's yeah. not scalable. Mm-mm. It's not by itself. You have to manipulate something Yeah. in some way. Yeah, change like, yeah. Cause you it, just have to like resources are budgeted mm-hmm. and if you're giving to something you have to take from somewhere else mm-hmm. and like there's not really any avoiding that yeah there's not um because <laughs> <laughs> i think like bringing it back to the individual i think a majority of people did not get covid and quarantine and come out of it enlightened mm. like you might have yeah i think that was a special occasion right they didn't go you through know. the isolation and be like wow <laughs> this is making me really unhappy yeah. yeah i should change my life positively from right it. not i don't think that i would hope but i don't think yeah it was like i don't that. know if a lot of people would sit in that situation and think yeah like would a lot of people just turn on the tv yeah and i think that's a small percentage that will do what you did mm-hmm. and then there needs to be like a accountability of people mm-hmm. to do that. And through some business structure, it might work. Yeah. I mean, it goes back to the family. Like we were mm-hmm. like in the video, the dad has kids who like want to do things, but they don't have the motivation to get up and do it. And so I think it yeah. comes from the family teaching kids t- to work to better How themselves. to clean the bathroom. Yeah. And like there's the son who wants to start working out. And the dad's like, yo, tomorrow you just have to be there. And the mm-hmm. son doesn't show up. Mm-hmm. And the dad's like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. But like people do have to want to do it themselves. But I think that parents can nurture that and teach kids to like want to do that. Mm-hmm. So. See, I wonder like under that if the father was less readily available Mm. that son would be begging for more attention and then when he was like we can work out at this time you got to show up you would actually show up you would actually show up Mm. see i think that might be part of the utility of that yeah mystical leader i think in that situation though both parents were present all the time because it sounds like the mom isn't doing much of anything so i think that would be both parents being present all the time yeah so what i'm saying Mm. is more to my model yeah. maybe the kid doesn't value the dad's time as much mm-hmm. because he's mm. there all the time because mm-hmm. then you, you take it is for that granted. a respect thing is that the kids not respecting their father 
That's a good question. Because I think you can gain respect in multiple ways. And yeah. if you weren't present, then your kids would respect your time. But I think you could foster that respect even if you were present. If you could foster respect if you weren't present? Even if you were. Like, oh. because the father who's absent, the kid's going to like value the father's time because mm-hmm. he's not there and he doesn't get much of it. That I think that gets tricky, though, because, like, hypothetically, he goes teaches them how to clean the bathroom mm. and then go and clean the bathroom. And that is the example, but he does that in multiple different ways in the household. Mm. He just had a lot of hours freed up for him. What is he going to do at that time? Mm. He's going to be absent with the household. Yeah. Hopefully is my hope. Yeah. Or he's going to watch TV. Yeah. You hope he'd be what doing something to better himself. Yeah. And then therefore he's out mm. kind of leading back to my theory. Right. Yeah. I just have a very hard time with taking that away from one person because there's two people in two parents and if one gets to do that, the other is stuck at home. You use that. So I'm just confused. Like, Mm -hmm. what do you mean taking that away from one person? That one person is allowed the opportunity to go out and better themselves. But the other person Mm. is stuck being that security figure. And maybe that's just me, but I would hate to be that person. Mm -hmm. And I don't know from who, from who I associate with, like women would also not like that. Yeah. And so I think it should be a balance between the parents of who gets to go out and who gets to do things. I think you have a tilted view of who you, you're around, though. I, I'm sure I do. Yeah. But I don't think... And I'm when not one person is allowed to go out and do those things, one person is stuck at home. And I just don't necessarily think that's fair. This goes back to... I, I kind of touched on it, but the idea of... It's not leadership that was taken. Mm. It was leadership that was given. Mm. And so, so that it person wasn't chose to be at home. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I think for the people who choose that, that's great. But I know that there's a lot of people who wouldn't choose that and mm-hmm. they end up in that position. But this is just where I'm going for what will work for most people. Mm. Because this is what we're missing that we kind of connected on is we don't have this traditional script of religion to read by mm. for better or for worse. Yeah. And if we're going to call it for better, then we need some other script to read. Yeah. And that's what I'm trying to get at with these generalities that I don't usually go for, yeah. but are necessary to help, help people produce have, these yeah. models for people right. to follow. Healthy families. Yeah. And if we're not going to use religion as a model, then we need some sort of model. Mm-hmm. And the rational atheist types think that that model can be, erected completely from rational statistics. And I think it's a blend between the two Mm. if we're not going to use religion. Mm. Blend between, what would the second thing be? If it's not religion and it is rational, what was the second thing? It'd be a blend between the spiritual Mm. and the scientific. Okay. Mm -hmm. Which is that mystical figure and that secure base idea. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it still has religious elements into it, but it gives people that have a bad taste of religion in their mouth right a different oh, yeah. model they can still be spiritual but not necessarily religious mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah mm. so that's where I, th- I think it for right now holds true mm-hmm. of like a solid model to follow mm. because then it's if he is going out and doing things then proper authority should be given to him and then there should be almost, you would think, well, submission. I don't like yeah. the word submission. But this is something I was talking about with a friend the other day, too. It's we don't give women enough credit 
where you guys get to select us yeah as guys mm-hmm. you know like it is a choice yeah you do pick your partner you pick and i'm speaking in typically mm-hmm. you pick that partner to then be able to submit and I, it gives you and i know you don't like that because i think you tend towards the other way yeah but like even if you're the minority, that's still a script that has a minority running in you. I don't think I got that one. Even if you have, in general, but even if you have more tendencies as a woman, as a guy, you still have these scripts that are now a minority within you that mm-hmm. are usually a, a majority within most women. Okay. Is what yeah. I'm trying to mm-hmm. say. So they're still there. Mm-hmm. And so even to the ones that are exceptional in how they're tempered are still going to have some minority of this that plays into them. Mm -hmm. And then just by social contact itself with the friends around them is going to influence as well. Yeah. You know, Mm. so that itself almost leads more to finding some sort of generality Mm -hmm. because we're all going to tilt this way. Yeah. Anyways, I have just seen a very, in my from in my experiences not even just like my friends and stuff just like who I've interacted with in school or in work and like all these different locations the minority is very large from my perspective like the minority of women who don't want that is large yeah but you again come from like a catered sample I know that's huge but in even without like not not just within my friend group Mm -hmm. like even just who I've experienced like in school in high school like Mm -hmm. not people I would even choose to talk to I still, like, that minority is still large. And, and I, I think this, like, comes down to an idea of um, maybe, like, a, gr- a tiered model mm. of for majority of people, it's going to be a 60-40 split. And then for the extremes of people, it's going to be, like, a 90-10 split, if that makes sense. Split of? Um, uh, gender roles, I guess you okay. could say. Mm-hmm. Where maybe the majority fall in that 50-60, but then you still see this most of the time. And, like, um, there's a journal I like to, not journal, there's a, I don't know, article producer I like to read. I can't think of the, Mm. it's called, like, Quillette or something like that. And it was started by a mom that was at home. Mm -hmm. And she had, like, eight kids, too. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like she had one kid and then started this thing on the side. She had a lot of kids Mm -hmm. and would, like, while breastfeeding or between nap times or just write a little bit mm-hmm. and put stuff out there. And it, she was very smart and still yeah. was able to fulfill so the family. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's still spending 60% of the time with the family, right. but then 40 she's still, was still on a career. Mm-hmm. So that's not to say that this is no career for women. Yeah. That's not the yeah. point of view I'm trying to take mm-hmm. at all. It's a, it's a, there's more of a focus on yeah. family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a minority career for women. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas the male is the opposite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's more true. Yeah. I mean, I would agree with that. Like, I think that's more. I don't think apl- applicable is the word I'm looking for, but it's what I'm going with. But um, yeah, more applicable to, you know, the world, like a less. Has more utility, more practicality. Yeah, yeah. Like a split where the mom isn't 90% home and 10% work. And yeah. like, I think it needs to. Yeah. I like. I think 60-40 is probably more reasonable mm-hmm. or, I mean, even 70-30, but I don't think it should be like a complete split. 
you, mm. or like a complete you get one or the other mm-hmm. well in that like to outline it more that 30 percent when the guy's there mm-hmm. then that's the that's 30 percent that the, wife that the woman gets to do something mm-hmm. you know yeah like there's a given there's yeah. a pull yeah. to these things i think if that balance is in play that you know it's going to be more fulfilling to more people whereas like how a lot of families are if the mom stays at home the dad come home and goes to sleep and doesn't actually like mm-hmm. spend the time with the kids yeah. i think that is an unhealthy balance where the man is just expected to work and then he just gets to do yeah. nothing afterwards mm-hmm. i think like that is a bad balance yeah because you've heard of that it's not 50 50 it's 100 100 mm-hmm. idea and i think that's right but then what your hundred is spent on is differentiated between the two sexes yeah and I think that's so smart to do mm. because like the 50, 50, it's like a compromise that nobody wins. I feel like most of the yeah. time, I think there's some relationships that would work for, but for most, I don't think it would work for. Right. Yeah. I mean, cause you, you don't want somebody putting in half their effort. Yeah. Like, you get 20 you hours. Accomplishing? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's where like, I think my theory would work more times out of 10 as well, because if you have a figure that's going out and crushing it career wise, that is um, usually when you're doing good, things keep getting good and getting better. Mm -hmm. And so you'd want that to keep multiplying. And then it's like, why even bother on the other side Mm -hmm. of the uh, role of like, let's just, let this keep spinning and getting good, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. instead of how about you take some time off from that? That's already right. good. That's well, already for me to do my little thing mm-hmm. that I'm not even too serious about, Yeah, you know? Yeah. I think I agree more with the 40, 60 split or whatever <laughs> it is instead yeah. of the like 90, 10. Yeah. But, but that's still like a, a differentiation it is. between the mm-hmm. two, you mm-hmm. know? I don't know if I personally will fit into that, but I could see that yeah. working for a broader. Model. But I think that's also because you tend differently. Yeah. Right. You know, mm-hmm. which is to take into account. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you stretching a bunch? Yeah. Sit. This table is awful. What do you mean? Like my elbows hurt on this table. Oh, I just do my edge. Mm. But I get the mic in the wrong spot. Oh, that's why I choked down on it. Mm, I see. Yeah. I see. Smart place here. <laughs> ah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Pro podcaster. You've been doing this for a bit. Yeah. Man, bring this baby home. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All Think of a question you want to ask anybody. Oh, oh. And I have a question for you. Oh God. Can you go first? No, I don't have any. This is you. Oh. This is all on you. On just to ask the audience. Nope, this is for you. Would you rather have a corner brownie piece or a middle brownie piece? Corner. Okay. Maybe. What's your question? It gets to be something like that. It's going to be asked to the next podcast person. Oh, okay. Okay. So see, that was asked I to see. the previous person. Mm. Usually we talk about such serious things. I realize that people, yeah. I don't, I like serious things still. Yeah. Yeah, like <laughs> you'd end it in a serious way. My favorite one so far was Let's not the brownie, but it was um, what's the ideal human? Ah, that was fun. But then it was asked to my Christian friend, and she's like, "Jesus." I'm like, 
Thanks. That's such an easy answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. So <laughs> there I was didn't, no actual thinking. No. That. I mean, there was thinking, but <laughs> I, I know what you mean. Mm. It was like I could have expected that. Yeah. Okay. Mm. But I don't want to tilt what you think. It can be anything you want. Mm. Now, as the next person doesn't bail, they'll actually get asked these yeah. things. Yeah. Because I would have had two more questions at this point. Oh yeah. Oh, man. Mm. I'm blanking on everything. That's fine. My brain turned off. You can be like, what's your favorite plant? Because you have a plant yeah. thing. <laughs> I, I have a plant thing. <laughs> I do, in fact, like plants. You do like plants. Mm. Okay. Oh, yeah. What's your favorite flower slash plant? Mm. Alrighty. Thanks, everybody. Mm.